Hey, everybody. It's Anthony from the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. Uh, we're on break right now, but we wanted to share some other podcasts that we've been involved in in the past year. So today, uh, we're sharing the science fiction remnant uh, and our discussion with them concerning the fifth greatest dragon movie of all time, Reign of Fire. Definitely check a listen at it if you haven't already, and we'll catch you with new episodes in a couple of weeks. There's only one thing worse than dragons, and that's Americans. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Thank you so much. It's great. It's great. It's great. <laughs> I'm quite creepy. Uh, I said it. Rating drops a lot for these countries. Thank you, everybody, for coming back to our show. Uh, today, we have someone that I've been trying to have with us since season one. If you guys remember our season one episode of The Wrath of Khan, which, by the way, had a lot of downloads. A great movie, you know. Um, I love Wrath of Khan. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh number one science fiction podcast in good pods the science fiction wise guys hello how oh, you doing so these are the guys we've got to kill i mean um... hello uh robert i hate to correct you on your own podcast yeah. but um sci-fi wise guys oh, the sci-fi sci sci wise, sci wise guys <laughs> yeah. oh my god so Not just any sci-fi wise guys that's, you you, you see sci-fi with a dash in it. You you see what happens here. <laughs> it's important. You see what happens here. Ray, I blame you. You distracted me. <laughs> of course, that's my job. I can go now. Hi. How you guys doing? Uh, welcome back Fantastic. to the show. I'm really excited to have you guys here. How you guys doing? You go first. You go first. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Happy to be here. Yeah, doing doing good. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Awesome. Nice uh, capstone to the weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm going to record with Monday. you guys. You guys yeah. in the past or something? Yes. Uh, in the correct part of the world, it is Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Awesome. Yes. You... So, should we go in? Uh, can you, uh, you know, for, for us, I, it's kind of hard to, to, to imagine that no one has listened to your podcast because you know you are number one in good pods. So, for all that few amount of people out there, they have not listened. Can you tell a little bit about what your podcast is about and where they can find you? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast uh, is a podcast where we watch and review straight to stream science fiction and science fiction adjacent media whether it's movies shorts youtube originals distribute originals television shows fan films that one time whatever it might be as long as it's straight to stream or straight to dvd style we uh watch and i say review but mostly we just talk about it um and try not to rip is. it to shreds <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean and you guys have a number one gym that you found that you would like from your show say hey you've got to watch this oh mythica oh. Mythica, um, yeah, it's an I entire. Mean, there's yeah. a there's a it's five movie um, series. It's it's great B movie material. Um, yes. It spawned probably the the second, probably uh, maybe the greatest running joke in our podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it's really fun. It's, and really, it's filmed really in good. Utah. 
Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I was, I mean, I can't believe we both had the same answer to that. <laughs> it's like episode three of our podcast, Mythica. I and then we do the sequels well. throughout in the last couple of years. Cool. So yeah. as far as uh, where to find us everywhere. Nice. If you, if you find us, if you can't find us on your podcatcher or podcast streaming service of choice, uh, let us know and we'll fix that. That shit. And yeah. uh, you, you got merch? Uh, no, Chris made a shirt. Oh man, well, I made two shirts. I just two never shirts. Give Anthony his. Oh right. Chris has merch. Nobody else in the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's game. It's a game worn jersey, right? It's the same thing. Yeah, there you Wanna go. Sell it, Chris. You're it. a selfish <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Give it to the world. Hate it right. All right, Australia's back in. We're, you're back in. <laughs> so this is the part of the show where I give the audience some time so they can pause our show, go find your show, listen to it, and then come back. We'll be waiting. That then come back part is important, folks. Just keep it in mind. <laughs> the listen to every episode part was the most important part. Yes, yeah. yes. So they'll come back in about five years, right? Okay. Awesome. Um, Let's hope we're not all killed by dragons. By now, huh? <laughs> uh, I don't know. You know, we have Ray. You know, we have the power of science. Yeah. <laughs> Wish they'd used it in this movie. <clears throat> okay. So should we um, should we move on to the next segment? And you know the drill. You listen to the podcast, you know what we do. This is a part where we define science fiction remnant uh, for those who love sci-fi and have not heard our show yet. Uh, And again, I like to mention the idea came from our season one. When I started, um, I didn't quite know how to define us. You know, and so I guess I can go first and mention um, how I think or what I think about our show, which not ne- is not necessarily, um, you know, what your perception is. So it, this over here doesn't have any right or wrong answer. It's just basically your perception. Um, so basically the way that I see our show and the way that I can describe it is that those conversations that you have when you're sitting down on the sofa and you're watching a great sci-fi movie with a friend, uh, and, and, and Gio can actually speak to that because we had many nights where he used to live in town, in, in my town, where we sit down there and watch a, a sci-fi movie, and I actually introduced him to sci-fi because he before me he's seen some but he wasn't really or technically a fan of sci-fi so we have watched movies and i couldn't tell you how many times during that watch we would pass uh, pause the movie and a movie that could be an hour and a half could turn out to be four hours easily because we're pausing and we're having those those conversations that you actually heard all throughout season one and season two, where we just derailed and talk about stuff. It could be, it could be ethical dilemmas. It could be philosophical, scientific. Um, and, and, and we're not philosophers. We're not 
scientist. So you know it's, it's completely derailment. And this is basically how I envision the show is having those conversations about those great sci-fi movies while you're watching. So should I start with our should I start with our guests? Um, yeah. Start with whichever one of us is your favorite. Okay. My favorite is man, that's <laughs> Well, you know, case, you're, you uh, guys, you guys are a package. Go right ahead, Chris. Go you right you ahead. guys are a package. I listen to your podcast every every time you release one, and I enjoy the interaction that you guys have. So yeah, I can't pick a oh, favorite. Sorry. <laughs> um, I, I would define science fiction remnant. Yeah, I mean, pretty much you nailed it. I think. Um, there's um, Anthony and I have a great story of uh, listening to well, not listening, but debating which show was better between. TNG and, and Deep Space Nine with a friend of ours, like probably for like, I think the better part of two or three hours. And we just, we just never reached an agreeance. That's a real word. Google it. I dare you. Um, and so I think that's kind of like, kind of what your show is. Like I've listened to the Robocop episode most recently, um, which uh, I really liked Ray's take on it. John. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, just listening to a bunch of friends, just shoot the shit. It's a lot of it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I mainly listen to you guys. If I'm being completely honest, when I'm exercising, so I tend to stay up late, and I'll just be doing yoga in the living room, listening to you guys. So just know that when I hear your voices, I'm hot and sweaty. <laughs> hey, look, I listened to your podcast while I was painting the downstairs bathroom, and it stuck with me. <laughs> I think painting, I think you guys. I don't know. Oh, man. I can't believe Gio Gio lost that. You know, that was a lost opportunity for Gio. He's probably... Yeah. Poor thing. He's he's, he's having some issues today, so... Awesome. Hey, I I Googled agreements because I just wanted to know. Uh, From old French, uh, agreements or agria to agree, as if agree plus ants... Uh, it's uh, uncommon usage now. Well, we're bringing it back. Keep, yeah. Keeping old words words alive. Nice. Well, no, just well, I, just I don't, that one. One of us said it on accident, and we were like, "Is that a real word?" You so said it, it. and you, then I you doubled it? down, and you said it for six yeah. more episodes, and then we googled it. <laughs> yes. But anyways, but agreeance, agreeance. So, yeah. Awesome. Also, uh, is it my turn then? Uh, uh, I think. I try to come up with like something concise. I didn't have, I don't have a big long story like Chris. Uh, so science fiction Ribnet is a podcast for sci-fi lovers who are looking for something new or maybe something old to love. I get that a lot. Um, although to me, my perception is, you know, when we cover a movie, is it something that I have watched or maybe something that I haven't watched in a while? Um, so to me is, is, you know, we're talking about a movie that everybody has seen. But I, through Twitter, I have encountered a lot of conversations where people had said, you know what, I watched this IP because I I listened to it on the show, which is another thing that, you know, I I find a little puzzling because we have a lot of spoilers, Uh, but I guess it works. And, And it's like, I heard that. It's like, I never seen this before. And, and, and I get, you know, thanks for, for, you know, our opinion and for that discovery. 
And it's, it's, I find that interesting and curious. I, I didn't know that was, I guess it is a thing, but, um, that, you know, my perception is different. I think, oh, I've seen this movie. Everybody probably seen it. So. I, I do that with some podcasts, including your, yours, where um, sometimes I don't listen to an episode because I'm like, oh, I want, I'm, I know I want to watch this. I'm going yeah. to watch this later. So I, I don't listen to anything. I don't look up reviews or anything. Um, other things, I'm just like, I don't. I don't know what this is or if I care, let, I'll listen. And then sometimes that leads to me wanting to go watch it. Um, so there's, you know, I totally, totally get that. You're listening out of carelessness. And there he goes. Yeah, I, sure. I, I probably only <laughs> listened to about two thirds of season one of Science Fiction Remnant because I'm saving some of those movies. <laughs> and yeah, you know exactly. what? It's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I get a lot of comments where some people have told me thanks for naming our episodes the way that we named them, um, because that actually saves them time. Um, you know how I have like movie and then the movie and then the year and or anime or book or game. Um, I I can see how you would you know it's it would be easier and I think you know I I gave it some thought at the beginning of season one, um, but. Um, it kind of worked out. I didn't expect it to work out as well as it did. Um, so I can see how you, you know, you could save up some to watch, you know, to listen for later. Uh, Ray, you want to give it a stab? At the defining? Um, I, actually, I actually replied to that tweet. I just, I wouldn't know where it was now. Um, uh, I, I tend to, to work on uh, epiphanies, which is sort of like, you know, Somebody asks a question and the answer will pop into my head and I'll write it down and I'll forget about it. <laughs> so <laughs> hopefully I've written it down somewhere. But yeah, I, I actually replied to that. I couldn't tell you for the life of me what I said now. Um, yeah, for all of you who months, don't know months, by months now, months Ray was a listener and turned host. So yeah. he was they, a listener. They, they let me come on and Robert regrets it every day since. <laughs> <laughs> Which episode is that? Uh, well, I um, I came Season on, two, yeah. the first time I was on as a guest was for the um, Alita Anime. Angel Alita anime. Oh, um, okay. I, I listened to these guys, <laughs> well, uh, I should give you a little bit more backstory, but I'm one of the hosts of um, the uh, Radio Chaos live stream every Saturday afternoon, 5 p.m.-ish, uh, Eastern U.S. time, uh, although it's a worldwide fandom, so uh, we have time zones all over the place. It's actually 7 a.m. for me on a Sunday morning uh, when it's 5 p.m. Uh, U.S. Eastern. But um, I'm one of the, the hosts of the, that live stream, and we're supporting uh, the push for a sequel for uh, the Leader Battle Angel movie from 2019. But yes, uh, I've so. been a fan of the source material for like 30 years, mm. so um, somewhat knowledgeable. I see, uh, yeah, just a little I bit. see all those tweets. So that's like about a Leader Battle Angel, so that's all from like y'all's y'all's group. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. um we actually Save we actually or, had yeah. uh well I'll I'll tell you a bit later because uh, it's actually in a different segment but we had a big thing this week, uh but okay. to, going back to answering your question um uh, I listen to uh, all the podcasts when they when they mention Elite Battle Angel because I you know want to check out what they've got to say it's really interesting to get other people's takes and I listened to these guys talk about it and I went eh what do you I remember your tweet <laughs> I remember you want me to say it. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I remember your tweet. I was just like, okay. I got a tweet, 
uh, this guy named you know Max, and he says, um, "I listened to your episode on Alita, and boy, you got so many things right, and boy, you got so many things wrong." <laughs> and I was just yes, I want him for my show. <laughs> so we decided to have him on the show for the Alita anime because I seen that's my my uh, my uh, entrance point to the Alita universe was the anime, and so I wanted to do an episode. I only did the movie because Giancarlo has never been experienced to it. So I figure, okay, the movie's new, let's put it on. Oh, it was exactly. So then I, I actually said, you watched the anime too. I sent it to you, uh, Gio. No? The only way you sent it to me, I watch it. I, I didn't know if it existed before that. Yeah. One of you guys said that you'd seen it in a whole bunch of little mini episodes. Yes, which I've I never did. seen that format before. I did. It was all placed together like a big, like a movie on YouTube. To me, it was, yeah. to me, when it was on TV back, back when, you? it was in, in like, it seems like an like a short anime that with a couple of episodes, and I remember when it ended, I was like, "Come on, man! There's not more." But you know, back then, internet wasn't as good, uh, at least for me, so I didn't know there was a manga. Otherwise, I would have just picked up the manga back then. Um, I know now, you know, I, I started reading some of them, um, but yeah, that's my experience with it. And I, since he mentioned that. I I this I reached out and said, hey, you want to be on an episode? We're going to do the anime. And that's your second, uh, that's your first time on, on the show, as yeah, a guest. That's right. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, I interrupted you, but I just wanted to give a little bit more. No, no that's fine. No. So the answer was Alita Battle Angel. That's the episode. Uh, well, <laughs> it's, it's um, that essentially um, Rusty Angel, uh, Battle Angel Alita anime, which was only, which they only did, made two episodes and then the, the, um, the a manga author uh, actually canned it because he didn't like it. They changed some things, and they did. He didn't have time to do anything about the changes they'd made because he was he was busy writing it at the time because he's a one man operation uh, at that stage. And uh, he canned it, and then the rights ended up with um, 20th Century Fox, so they never made any more. But uh, like fans all, to this day would love more. Like everything, right? Yeah. yeah. And now it's owned. Did, and now it's owned by Disney. This is correct. Uh, Everything you love is related to Disney. That's right. The or Disney vacuum sucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is that I should watch this movie. Um. Yes. Uh, let's just say that that if you have any interest in in uh, manga or anime, you will love it. It is the it is the penultimate so far. I'll let I'll let Chris um, tell everyone how I feel about anime. He doesn't like it. No. Really. You know, reach I got a lot out. of hate in my heart. It's all for anime. Wow. Re- reach yeah. out to me after the show, and I'm going to do an experiment with you. <laughs> this is Continuum, and you're down here off the screen where people can't see. Continuum's like, a good show. I'm up here. <laughs> <laughs> we are worlds Um, I don't know if we have Geo. Oh. Do we have Geo? Because I was going to ask him what his perception, but I guess we don't. You're going to have me intermediate. Here and there. Yeah, what, what is your perception of the show? It's probably close to mine. Because, well, you know, show, we, I mean, we basically started season that's one. That's like my time with the boys. Yeah. Although I'm not married, so I can have my time with the boys whenever I want. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's that. It's having, and it's having it's something that, I mean, I don't find anywhere in my life anymore that easy. It's having 
a conversation where you can speak freely. It can be a deep conversation. It can be just small talk. No judgment. But it doesn't feel, feel forced, you know? It's like you're talking with people that you share a common interest and you don't exactly. have to you don't have to push it to for you to actually uh sound like makes sense, you know? You just speak your mind, say what you think, say what you like how you what you like, what you dislike. And everybody just listens to you and then give you their feedback. And it's not like it's never like a one-way conversation. It's always fun because you get to learn new things. You learn new perceptions of people that may change your perception. And I think that that's what good conversations are about. Yeah. Uh, when you're having a good, deep conversation, to me, it's just two universes colliding. And from there, there are going to be two different people coming out of it. Yeah. I, and, and, you know, it, if you guys listen to really season one, you probably know that, yeah, that me life. and Giancarlo don't really agree on everything. And... That's okay. You know, we we grow. There, there is one thing you do agree on, and that's the love of science fiction, and that's the important yes. part. Well, I think Everything I forced that in you. I think it, I, that's the thing. That's the thing. We humans we tend to look for the differences instead of looking for the commonalities. Yes, there's always going to be a commonality. There's always something that brings us together. Don't go further. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to bring political stuff into it, but. When we've seen lately political stuff going on, that's the only time that we all people come together. So there's always something, even if it's a common enemy, which it shows in actually sci-fi movies too, common enemies bring everything together. So commonalities do bring uh, people together. That's the, that's the reality of things. We like it or not, we, we like to think that we are different in many ways, we're not. Yeah. So the differences that make us the same. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. That's the funny thing. Our differences are the reasons that we should look inwards. But most people are terrified of that. You know, when I was younger, I would have had a real problem with Anthony because he doesn't like the thing that I'm really into at the moment. But as somebody <laughs> who's lived five decades now, it's like, great, there's somebody here who would disagree with me. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> because it's the kind of it, rap it, movie. Ima imagine yeah. living in a world of clones of yourself. It would be so Fucking boring. Oh yes. <laughs> I mean, and just to clarify, I have I have nothing against anime, like animated anything. Oh. I have everything against Japanese storytelling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna send a, a, a bad guy to you. Dun, dun, dun. I'm gonna send a bad guy to you, Wow. I'm sorry. Nice. I'm, I'm poking fun. I'm poking fun. Don't apologize for who you they are. They hit you in the fields of the, in the testicles of the fields. Fucking fuck. Oh, now I'm disappointed. <laughs> oh, wow. Had me in the first half, not going to lie. <laughs> nice. Ugh. All right. Uh, I, I, you that know, was, we're still in segment one, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, this is how I would define science fiction remnants. There you go. Right here. Yes. Past <laughs> five minutes. But, you know, I, I have an announcement for this episode. Um... So if you want to be in the show, you know, and, and, and give your opinion on defined uh, science fiction remnant or um, you want to give out any thoughts, any ideas, anything that you have about sci-fi, and then this is sci-fi hashtag and any other segments that we have. We have a hotline where you can leave a voicemail. So the number I actually posted on Twitter today for the first time. So it is one 
305-563-6334. And you can and leave a the, voice there. I'm sorry. The end of it actually, uh, does the end of it actually spell science fiction remnant or something? I wish. Or sci-fi? I wish. That would be so cool. Uh, no, it doesn't. Uh, but <laughs> you can call in and, and, and give me your thoughts on anything, any of the tweets uh, that we have posted, any sci-fi movie that you enjoyed and why uh, you can define us. And anything, you know, that you when you call that number, you leave that voicemail. We're going to do our best to put it on the show. So you your voice would be heard. So just remember the number I just posted it today for the first time. Uh, you can call it 1-305-563-6334. And should we go to the next segment? We yep. are Science Fiction Remnant. This is the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. We are the Caribbean Science Fiction Network. We are Monorats. We are One Accord Level 2 Podcast. This is Jesse from Sudden But Inevitable and Open Pike Night. This is sci-fi. And on this section, basically, I just want to point out the fact that we have a hashtag. Um, if you haven't heard the show before, um, basically what this is, uh, at the beginning I had a hard time trying to engage with sci-fi fans across uh, the internet. And I was on Twitter, and I did find your, your Star Trek bubble. And I have found your Star Wars bubble and Galactica and all those stuff. But I haven't found a place where you could talk about all sci-fi. I am a fan of all sci-fi, and it was the hardest thing to do. So I figure, you know, wish it would be there. But if it's not, at least if I create a hashtag and I try to um, just let everybody know that it's ha the hashtag is there, maybe that would be easier. Maybe that would be a solution that I would bring. Maybe I'm not the only one having the issue. And this would solve some sort of, some sort of problem. So basically the call out is if you are a sci-fi creator or if you're a sci-fi fan, um, following or tweeting to the this is sci-fi hashtag will bring us together. And through the experience that I have had in this uh, hashtag so far, one of the biggest comments that I keep on hearing today is the discovery factor. How, you know, it would, it would be someone that would post something that I had never heard before personally. And I'm like, wow, this is something that I only dreamt of when I started it. Um, now I have new stuff and, and, and new sci-fi content that I can actually put on my list and enjoy and watch. And I hear from other people as well where they say, oh, wow, thank you. I found this on the hashtag. I didn't know this was a thing. And I watched it. And it was great. Or, you know, it, it, it's just the discovery portion of it. Um, like, for example, today I posted... Uh, well, it was yesterday that I posted on the this is hash uh, this is sci-fi hashtag um, an article that I read about season two for Strange New Worlds. Um, so it's stuff like that that I would post. Um, there was another post that I found where they're talking about a Janeway um, TV show 
So I envision it would be something similar to what Picard uh, is right now in Paramount Plus. So that's the whole idea. Like when I read something sci-fi, if I enjoy that read, that reading, I I just I post it, and I put this is hash uh, this is sci-fi hashtag on it. Um, I'm kind of curious to see um, any of you um, if you had any. Um, yeah, it's okay if you haven't been in it, um, but if you had any experience with that hashtag, um, and 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 let me know what you feel, how you feel, and even if you don't have experience with a hashtag, what do you think about the idea of the hashtag? And and it, I, I'll start with my guest, and you guys can pick who goes first. It, so, so we use this hashtag quite often. Uh, we're posting new episodes, or just posting whatever. It might be. We're not nearly as uh, involved in social media <laughs> as, <laughs> as some others. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like if hard. you just search, say say again. I was just going to say, it can be hard to keep up with it all because yes, there's a lot it's going too much. on with that hashtag now. Oh, yeah. I think. Uh, I think the the last one I got from that hashtag, which I actually I got I got linked to this particular post from a couple of different places, was actually a podcast release from um, Mono Rants, where he reviewed Alien vs Predator, which is he called it the third best Alien movie, and I'd have to agree. Uh, but yeah, Mono Rants at the movies is one of my I I love them. I love that podcast quite a bit. I do too. I I, I love them, and we might have them on our show. You know, just just putting it out there. We might. Nice. Okay, so um, what do you think about the the hashtag itself? Like the idea of um, is this something that you think? You, oh, actually, what's I'm trying to get, get gather your your thoughts on. Yeah, I like how inclusive it is. That's my I mean like like my favorite part of using like using a hashtag to bring all of science fiction together in the science fiction community, whether it's uh, writing and books or games or movies or whatever it is, the idea of bringing them all together is, is fantastic. But then the, the actual hashtag you chose, like hashtag, this is sci-fi is so incredibly inclusive. Um, Cause I think like you mentioned, there's the, there's those bubbles, especially in anything nerdy like science fiction or fantasy or anything adjacent to it, where it's like, this is my thing. And how dare you try to change it by saying, Oh, this is sci-fi. It's just this bubble that anything can be in. There's none of this. There's none of that. It gets rid of all that infighting you see in a lot of uh, a lot of science fiction circles. Awesome. Like I think Chris and I are very much in the Star Trek bubble uh, when it comes to things. And uh, I, while me and him are, are are pretty good at this, I think that bubble in particular is very bad at uh, kicking people out of its bubble. Um, that's so what exactly Robert Fulton so nicely. Robert likes all of them. Exactly. Robert's yeah. that guy that doesn't take a side. Oh, yeah. I have a side. It's the side of Star Trek and whatever they do. I'm cool with it. I, yeah. I, oh, Rick, Robert is like Star Trek, uh, Star Wars, and anything else. Exactly. I, I find exactly. myself fighting more when it comes to Star Trek um, because I love all track. And I encounter that some people don't quite like the new track versus or some people only uh, don't like the old track and, and and i'm like in the middle it's like i love them i love them all if canon non-canon 
my ha my hunger for sci-fi goes beyond canon and this is something that i might not i don't know exactly how ray feels because you know canon has an importance too and i do agree with that my thing is when you reached out the end of an ip and you have no more to consume i would consume non-canon and for me i'll make it you know i force myself into making a canon for me but that's a personal so, choice so you're going to hang out on archive of rare own are you huh every day that's how you go to Archive sleep at night right own. just sit there and, and just reading whatever recommended <laughs> never to be finished fan fiction comes your way yeah get invested in yeah. these original characters find out they haven't updated the fanfic in like three years and you're never going to get yeah. resolution yes I, that's how robert lives comment. his life <laughs> so that that that's pretty much me that that's it and you know um yeah. Chris, have you experienced that hashtag? I know you guys, and, and you know, you got said this multiple times, so you're not really vested into social media, but um, if you haven't experienced that hashtag, what is your thought, your personal thought on on the idea of the hashtag? Well, it just, it's... Since science fiction is a fandom, like, I'm sorry, as, as science fiction is as a fandom, it's ironic that people are so resistant to change when that's all science fiction is, yeah. which is just change, you know, the, like the irony of existence of science fiction. Yes. Yeah. Like, like my favorite thing is, um, I'm, we're going to might touch on a sensitive subject here, but strange oh, new no. worlds. There's uh, a character, uh -oh. um, Uhura, uh -huh. um, and she, in the first, in the show, she's bald and people are upset that she's bald because Uhura in the, the original series had this really distinct, striking hairstyle, like at the time, and I guess today. Um, it's like know. hair doesn't grow to these people. Like they, yeah. they don't have to get their hair cut. <laughs> Nothing. It's crazy. And so people were really upset about it, and I just I didn't understand why people could be upset. It's like she's playing a character that's five years younger than she is in the other show, but. Um, what I like about your hashtag is it, it just it just kind of reinforces that idea that all science fiction is, you know, this is what it is. Like you're making up a story. Things can be different. Um and uh I, I really enjoy, you know, I, I've gotten some recommendations off them. I won't share them because, you know, it's my business. So basically what you're <laughs> saying is uh science fiction is like pizza. Even bad science fiction is good science fiction. I didn't unless there's that. unless there's <laughs> pineapple on it, yeah. First of all, oh, how dare you? Now, now how we're dare in the same you? camp. Uh, oh, so, so we're just we're bridging across the bigger pond right here. So, so good. we're 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 splitting the pod because yes, you know. Yeah. Okay, so who who wants uh, pineapple on their pizza? Oh, I mean, okay. Any so topping can so be on once, pizza. Once me, 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 pineapple me, 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 on the pizza, <laughs> or accepts that pineapple belongs on pizza. <laughs> Well, I like you took a hard stance there for someone who's trying to be inclusive, Robert. As soon as it came to pineapple, pizza, but I don't want it. Just like if you don't like, let me ask you this, Ray. Do you like sweet and sour chicken? Yeah. Then how could then it doesn't belong on pizza? No, 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 no. But so you enjoy that? You enjoy the savory meat with the sweet tanginess of the sauce. Yeah, it's good. So why wouldn't you like pineapple on a pizza? <laughs> <laughs> because it's disgusting. <laughs> How dare you? 
because because I don't I don't try and have my dessert while I'm having my main, you know. But isn't that Look, the best part I, of it? I I can accept a story with dragons and helicopters. I can't accept pineapple on my pizza. <laughs> There's a line. There's gonna be a line. There's a line. There has to be a line somewhere. And how what dare you try to cross it? We find. I will find some sand. <laughs> oh wow! So yeah, we we. You know, Anthony, hey, Japanese storytelling. You could be my brother. <laughs> there are larger wars to fight. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Okay. What are we doing again? <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, should we go? Um, uh, Ray, what is um, what is your experience? And I know you you have talked about this multiple times in and and different different episodes. Um, I really like your take um, on you know your past takes on on the hashtag. Um, do you have any experience for this week? I know that you've been busy lately, so um, I just oh, yeah. I just have to ask. <laughs> um, uh, I think the that I spotted the uh, the Janeway uh, sort of uh, that they're working up the Janeway series um, through the hashtag, which which was some. I, I pick up little snippets here and there, just little hints of what's going on, and click through and. And uh, you know, find um, news stories and stuff through the hashtag, which is great because you know when, when somebody in a particular fandom he's he's a deep cut or uh, picks up a bit of news, they sniff out a bit of news because they're always looking for that stuff because that's their big thing, and it's not your big thing, but you're still interested. You can get uh, insights into that fandom that you're not heavily a part of, but you're still interested in. Uh, so I think that's actually one of the really good things about the hashtag that bridges the bubbles that were talked about earlier and can give you information that you might otherwise come into contact with until much later down the road. So you can stay informed through that hashtag, and I think that's one of the really good things about it. Cool. And do we have Geo, the Lord of Chaos? Okay. So we are going to move on to the next segment. Shout out. And um, in this segment, we basically this is our thanks segment. Um, I I really 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 want to thank everyone that has engaged in our account on Twitter. It could be directly or through the this is sci uh, hash uh, this is sci-fi hashtag. Um, from the bottom of my heart, because I I really love the engagements and the comments uh, that I see. Um, although I might not sleep, you know, I have to put my my phone on silence because that continues all throughout the night. <laughs> but it, it just tickles me, and and I really appreciate um, all of the engagement and the comments. Um, so in this segment, basically. Uh, it's a way to mention thanks to those who, uh, for the last week, you know, they, this list might change from week to week, um, have the, uh, an engagement. And do forgive me if I miss someone. Um, it's, it's all, you know, from, it comes from my heart. So Not forgiven. <laughs> 
So I, I want to start, and, and Ray, I don't know if you want to jump in in some of these. Uh, I want to start basically when, uh, with the first one. Uh, Manny Pixie Weirdo, thank you so much. Uh, your engagement uh, is amazing. And not only that, but the, the retweets and the likes on the post. Uh, we really, really appreciate that. And uh, can't wait to have you for another episode on our, on our show. So thank you so much for the engagement. I got to say something about Manic Pixie. I follow her and uh, she reposts so many different podcast um, announcements. Um, she, she's like a bulletin board of, of podcasting and almost unfailingly they're interesting. So uh, yeah. if you want to follow somebody on Twitter and find out about all sorts of things to do with interesting podcasts, then follow Manic Pixie Widow. Um, she's fantastic. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's, she's top, top shelf. Yeah. You say down here. Awesome. Um, you can jump in if you want, Ray. I, I, I don't want to be the only one. I don't mind. No, that's cool. <laughs> well, the next the next guy on the list is my my good mate from Brisbane, Angelus, who's my co-host uh, on uh, the Elite uh, the Elite Army Angelus. Uh, Radio Chaos live stream. Uh, but uh, Angelus is awesome. Uh, he he's actually a um, uh, he works in security and he spends twelve hour shifts staring at screens. Uh, watching all the weirdos in Brisbane doing things that they shouldn't be doing overnight and during the day. But uh, uh, when he's not busy, uh, he's on Twitter almost invariably uh, keeping up with people and commenting. And uh, he, he really engages a heck of a lot more than I do. And, and that's one of his strengths. So you, you almost see him on this list every single week. Yeah. Uh, he's that involved. So, you know, if... Uh, if the guys from Sci-Fi Wise Guys are on one end of the spectrum that they don't do a whole lot of uh, social media, he's on the other end. So uh, yeah, he keeps busy. Um, he's you know always got a good comment and and he really appreciates a lot of the stuff happening in the hashtag. And um, he's a good bloke. So yeah, I always appreciate his engagement. And I, I would like to add good that friend. he is the winner of the uh, science fiction random T-shirt giveaway. So he's uh, his man. That guy's so lucky. He, he won a Hot Toys Leader from wow. um, uh, a competition that one of the guys held as well. Nice. Yeah, he's he's. Uh, if you're listening, you, you you probably have this shirt by now. If you're listening to this uh, episode, but if not, it's on its way. Uh, congrats to that guy. Huh? I just said congrats to that guy. Yeah. Congrats. He wins a lot of stuff, apparently. Well, Angelus <laughs> is, is the is the definition of got to be in it to win it. So Some know. people are just born lucky. <laughs> uh, Gio, if you want to pick one. Pick one. It's up to you. I can, I, I can continue. I want to pick one. Go ahead. Go the for Scare it. Scare podcast. Fantastic Star Wars based podcast. Yes. Uh, they, they're they lots of fun, uh, part of a, a larger network of science fiction and Star Wars creators and podcasts and whatnot. Um, we have had Ro on our show uh, to review some Star Trek. Uh, so it was, a, it was a lot of fun to get his opinions on Strange New Worlds, um, but a great podcast uh, and, a, and an entry and a gateway, an entryway into a whole network of uh of creative uh people yeah i i, I enjoy the podcast myself i i really enjoy it and yes it's really cool and 
Um, I, I want to say thanks to Ben. Um, is Jinsi uh, Bidnik in on Twitter? Um, I I really want to thank his engagement. He's always commenting and engaging on the sci-fi conversation. So I I really appreciate um, your your comments and the engagement on you know with us. And. The next one is seldom crisis. Um, you have heard we had uh, we had them on our show previously. Um, he is also very engaging. If you have not listened to the podcast, you should, especially if you are if you are a fan of Foundation. Um, it, it's a great pod, so you guys should actually pick it up. And the engagement uh, seldom crisis the account. Uh, for the podcast is great. Thank you so much for the engagement. Yeah. And you, I'm giving you a chance, you know, if you want to jump in. Um, e. Lee Zimmerman, he is from scifihistory.net. Um, the Hi. En- the en- <laughs> Hello again. Um, thank you again. Uh, for your engagement, and we still appreciate that that article that he wrote on on his uh, post about our show. Thank you so much for that. Oh uh, yes. If you guys have not read it yet, you should go to uh, sci-fihistory.net and um, and read it. It's really cool. It was nice because I, I got to share with with a lot of my friends and family that only speak Spanish the translation in Spanish too. Oh, that's and for like isn't that po- uh, po- um, good? Buds, good buds also uh, put out a review on us, right? No, it was um Yeah, I know I know what you're talking about. That Spanish uh translation took me off guard. It's so on point and you know someone wrote it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean it was better than the Chinese translation that we got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I find any other? Ray, you're gonna take that Ray? standing? I think that was a one off. <laughs> Look, if anybody's wondering what the hell they're going on about, it's an in-joke in the pod now. Uh, go and listen to our Alien uh, episode. You will understand. Yeah. That's all I can say. It's, yeah, you, you, <laughs> you, you, will, you will thank us. Just <laughs> Did you guys watch Prey? <laughs> oh. um, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you should. That's all I'm going to say. Nice. The movie called Prey? Yes. Yes. It's on Hulu. You may know about it. I want to check it out. Yes. It's got a predator in it. Spoilers. Yeah, you like Predator? I heard that Predator is gonna be like, like uh, what, like based on like Predator being an ancient warrior or something like that. I'm not gonna tell you. You gotta go see it. And like he's gonna be fighting like Indians that are actually fucking fighting him. Like, like, like this Predator is like shit. This motherfucker's on run. (laughs) Speaking of people hating Japanese storytelling, I saw a post on uh, Facebook. I saw a post on Facebook about somebody wanting a movie with um, uh, a predator going up against samurai. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that is an actual uh, comic it's book, comic. I believe. It's already existed. We discussed it on our it? very briefly yeah. in our pod. Yeah. Wow. yeah, that would be awesome. I gotta find that. <laughs> That's how Predator ends up with a katana. Yeah, I think it was in Predator 2. He has like the whole Shogun type like outfit and nice. Or maybe it's in Predators. I can't remember. 
But if you think, if if I if I think of it and I remember, like when I look at I think of the looks of it, there's some resemblances to it too. So it makes sense that they would put that. And I mean, it's pretty cool. Like they prepared they're like a timeless immortal warrior that still like stay to the discipline of the ancients. You know, pretty cool. It is very cool. So to continue the list, um, and again, you guys can pick anything if you like. Uh, I like to thank uh, thank Sophie. Um, is Skag Sklagioti fan? Um, sorry if I'm butchering the name, but it's on her. We're making it so difficult. It's uh, <laughs> uh, Sklagioti. So Sklagioti. Yeah, Sklagioti. Um, she came to us for the first time through our Warehouse 13 episode. Uh, she is a huge Warehouse 13 fan, like me and my wife. Um. And she really enjoyed that episode and uh, is a listener now. Her engagement is amazing. Thank you so much for, for that engagement. How many Warehouse 13 tweets have you made this week, Robert? Well, we want to we bring the show back. So I, I'm trying to, you know, uh, and basically, thank you for mentioning that. My idea is uh, Peacock is free, right? Warehouse so, 14. Huh? That's your idea, right? Warehouse 14. Warehouse one <laughs> more warehouse. There you go. Warehouse 14. Um, Peacock is free. So if you can go in and get a free account on Peacock and, and just stream the heck out of every episode on Warehouse 13, I am actually just playing it. I might be working and it's playing in the background. I, I just like to see if we can kind of increase the stream because there's a rumor out there. And not only is coming from fans and online, but I have seen it coming from the actual stars of the show where there might be something in the works to reboot Warehouse 13. Um, I know some people don't like reboot. I know some people might want just a new thing. Um, but just like Ray has mentioned it in the past, in, in our pre especially in our previous episode, um, anything we could do to help an IP is good for all sci-fi IPs because of, you know, if the, the big head honchos of the studios say, okay, this thing, this thing didn't work out, then sci-fi as a whole might just go down the drain because they think this is something that they're not going to be able to make money on. So this works not necessarily for Warehouse 13, although I really, really want more of that story uh, but it's any ip that you appreciate uh look another one i cowboy bebop um you know that's I another one that I'm... <laughs> so that's the idea and actually you can find this and uh, this is um a sci-fi hashtag where i'm actually telling people to open up a free account on peacock and and just stream the heck out of it let's increase the stream numbers and hopefully that helps the people because I like to think that if the actors are talking about it, someone is looking at this strongly. And if we can at least show them that there are some streams out, the people are hunger for the story, then maybe they can do something about that, that IP in that universe. What do you guys think? Have you, have you seen you that? It, push it. That's, that's my opinion. So what you're telling us is we we have to get on the cock? Is that what you're telling us? <laughs> I 
and that it's it's free no, no, for he's anyone. Telling, he's telling you you need to go pee. Uh, <laughs> interesting. Oh wow. I I'd say that it, uh, my personal opinion is that if they bring back Warehouse 13 before they bring back, you know, Farscape or Stargate, then uh, might get a little upset. But it, good for I you, have, though. I'll be very happy yeah, for I you. I have oh, watched nearly all of Stargate. There's a lot of it. There's much less. There's much less Warehouse 13 than there is Stargate. There could always be more. <laughs> but you know, bring back Fireflies. What they need to do? No, the, no, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. I want that show got canceled for a reason. I want more. I want more. <laughs> I want more so bad. <laughs> oh, just the look at his face is great. Um, uh, but it actually works for that, uh, Anthony. You, you know, we can tell oh, people. Sure, yeah. You know, it's it's my point is it's sci-fi. And and we're trying to prove to maybe big the the big hunches and the movie producing companies that sci-fi IPs are a thing because we don't want we don't want to dwindle of the story we don't want to dwindle of sci-fi IPs uh, we want you know more it could be something it could be new IPs I would be happy with that but my my concern is. I'm sorry? That they stay true to the canon. Well, you know, that there's a lot of non-canon stuff they can make new. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> but, but, you know, my point is that. Is, and, and you can hear that conversation even uh, to a more detail in our previous episode. Um, uh, we talked to Madison on the air, Chrissy. Um, and she, she agrees also that if, if producers or, 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 you know, the people that are and the money to you know they, they earn money to get this this productions out there feel that there's no money in it there's not going to be sci-fi and i'm going to be a very sad person so Bad panda. that's all i'm saying <laughs> so yeah um uh stargate uh where can they stream it do, do you know do we, do we know netflix netflix there Amazon you go prime Let's it just moved. It might be on HBO now. I can't recall. It literally it's just on, moved. It's is on, it on Netflix. Netflix now. It moved That's from Amazon Prime to Netflix. Okay. So yeah, the, the stream anything, any IP, uh, 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 any sci-fi IP. We want more. So just let's help out the the sci-fi community in that way at least. I stream sci-fi evil. <laughs> uh, okay, going down the list. Um, Hereticals. Uh, Seyadina, thank you so much. And I, I say this a second time again. I hope I'm not destroying your 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 Twitter name there. But thank you. We really, really appreciate your engagement. Um, along with Jade, um, goes by J All Day USA too. Thank you so much uh, for the engagement. Uh, we got following films. Uh, if you didn't hear our episode, we we had them here for uh, a great um, time travel uh, episode. Um, you should listen. It's, it's really, really good. Thank you so much for the engagement. This is going to be the time travel season, I think. Yeah. We've, we've, had, we've had three already, and there's another one coming up. So That is true. That is true. We had a lot of time travel episodes lately. Um, but is it time travel or dimensional travel? Hmm. Interesting. Well, we can. Time is a dimension, so 
There you go. Yes. So is it the same thing? Yes. Because if you're going to the same place on a different time, instead of different quality universe. Yes. The different yes. universe. I, I believe in the multi-universe. The traveler would say time, space, gravity. These concepts. You can, go to the same time, you can go to the same time that you are now in a different universe. So you're not traveling in time, just in... Hey, if, if, you, if you heard our Back to the Future episode, that's what I said. Um, Marty never went home. And, well, I'm, yeah, and yeah. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> is that whatever we go, we pop off for whoever of us is in there. That guy's gone. Yeah. It's just like the one from Jet Li. Yeah. Um, thanks, Beans. Um, I love the Twitter handle. Damn it, Beans. <laughs> Thank you so much for the engagement. I re we really, really appreciate it. And, uh, is and that an Stephen Stevens reference? Uh, yeah, move on. We'll move on. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt. Let's just keep you going. You know, <laughs> we invite Beans to tweet at us and let us know the answer to that. That would be cool. Thank you. It makes me think about bad guess, actually. <laughs> um, okay. And uh, for Good Pots, um, if you don't know we're on Good Pots, we are on Good Pots. We were number one for a week, uh, sci-fi uh, podcast. That's so, good. Yeah, so you... Um, uh, we want to thank Jack Culberson uh, for always um, rating us on GoodPod. Thank you so much. We really appreciate your um, um, your help in there. And also Tim, we um, from uh, FSF Podcast. Um, he's always um, rating us on Good Pods as well. So thank you so much. And if you like our show, you can do the same. Just go into uh, Good Pods, uh, find our show. And you could listen from, from Good Pods if you, if you like. Uh, but usually what I do, even when I listen to other podcasts, is when I, I, I personally listen to um, my podcast. And when I finish listening to the podcast, I would go into Good Pods and rate them. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you could listen to within Good Pods if you like. And that is where I listen to this podcast. Cool, cool. Yeah. And and just remember, we you know if uh, we have the hotline now, so you could call in and you know engage us. We you know you could be on the next episode. Uh, the number uh, is one three zero five five six three six three three four. So we have everybody hotline in plane. There you go. Hey, you might get you might get a comment uh, from um, Geo, so you know that. What could be better than that? And there he goes. <laughs> and he's gone. <laughs> and he's gone. <laughs> I feel I feel like there's somebody waiting in there to stream. Like, okay, he's back. Boom, kick out. <laughs> okay. Every time you turn to face him, he vanishes. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to move on to the next segment. The Outer Remnant. And for the Outer Remnant, this is a section where if you want to hear more from us and not in our shows, then where should you go to get more of us? Uh, Ray, I have, <laughs> I have one. Go! go I have one! It. I have you good thing. 
Uh, you know, and, and I don't want to make this like a, a bad thing. You know, I'm, I'm usually really, really busy as, you know, Ray and, and Gio has experienced. Um, so it's kind of hard for me to arrange the schedule. Uh, but I get really excited when, you know, things work out and I'm able to be in another show. Um, I got invited to um, the FSF podcast and... I was concerned at the beginning that I wasn't going to be able to make it. I get invited to other pots as well, and it just works out that I can't make it. And and I do apologize to all of those. Just, you know, believe me when I say um, I, I, I'm saddened by it because I really enjoy, especially if I'm on another podcast where I don't have to produce the show. <laughs> but uh, I really enjoy talking about sci-fi and, and when I get invited. So... If I'm not able to make it to your pod, I, I, I believe me, I am saddened by it, and, and it, hopefully um, you can bear with me and I can be um, eventually on your show. So I was on the episode where uh, uh, Tim and the crew were talking about She-Hulk. Um, so if you haven't uh, listened to that episode, go pick it up. Um, it's It was really fun. Uh, I really enjoy uh being on on the show with them uh, i've been uh, on the show previously and and it's one of the shows that i listen to all the time i really enjoyed so i was really happy to uh be on the show and, and and actually enjoy being with them i think that episode we had uh one of the guys from uh three geeks podcast as well which we might have them on our pod eventually in the future so i really enjoy the conversation if you haven't listened to that uh, episode go listen to it and you know and let's talk about it and see if you like my my thoughts on uh, she-hulk hey robert you yeah. were talking about she-hulk yeah yeah so were you doing some twerking well oh I, I think usually i i think geo geo would be really happy to twerk for us <laughs> <laughs> I could try. Well, 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 I, I am the one with the smallest ass, so no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe if I put some pillows on it, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to try uh, in a mirror I'm, and let I'm you know. Support, I'm supportive of the original, you know, so I mean, if you're ugly <laughs> and you know it, clap your hands and be proud of it. So <laughs> good. Oh, well. You guys know my strength. I know my limitations. So. My limitation. <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> so when are you installing the poll? Where do so I install what? What do I install what? The, the poll. Those who can't twerk, pole dance. No. Oh. <laughs> I Not for me. Okay. And in that note, uh, <laughs> um, so I, I like Ray, to. You might find out this that you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to invite uh, our guests if they have another show that they have been invited to, if they want to, you know, give them a shout out. Um, that, do you have one? Or, it's have up one? to you. Am I good? Can I? Yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Am I good? Yeah. yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump. Uh, it's kind of uh, it's science fiction adjacent, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, the Spies Like Us podcast. Uh, Todd over there, we... we uh, did guest uh, star guest host on his podcast uh, talking about Total Recall nice. from 1990, the Arnold classic. 
Uh, and then we had Todd on our podcast to talk about the 2012 remake. Spoiler alert, not as good. He's also recently uh, done an episode on Rogue One, a Star Wars story. So in the, as you can probably guess from the name, he reviews spy movies, spy television shows, and rates it not just on how good it is as a story um, or as a piece of art, but also like what's the spy craft like? Like how realistic is this? Um, and it's very, very interesting. I think pretty insightful. Uh, you can find him, obviously, in all the big ones. He also has a YouTube channel now where he's posting a video. Um, I think it's like it's a monthly pop uh, podcast, so it's easy to uh, to stay up to date on. Yeah, I'd like to give him a shout out. Spies like us. I do listen to the pod, and and I, I kind of hope if you, if you if you guys are listening, um, let's let's try to make it happen. And I'm, I'm trying to bring him over for. I don't want to name it, but if you are a a Star Trek fan, you probably might know where I'm coming from. Um, I want to get them from an uh, for an episode of Star Trek. And all that's done it before. Is it <coughs> Section Thirty One? <coughs> uh, um, maybe. Maybe, uh, but yeah, I, uh, if you're listening to it, you know, I'm still very much interested and um, uh, let's hopefully we can make it happen. Um, but yeah, I do listen to that part. And, and if you guys have not listened to it, you know, you should go ahead and pick it up. It's really good. I enjoy it. Um, anything know. else? And um, I guess, Ray, yeah. you know, I have to. And let me explain. You guys are listening to our show. I, I am part of the Alito Army. Because I want part two. Good boy. I'm, I really, really. And, and Gio likes part two. I was surprised because Gio is actually the, the true newbie here. Uh, because he heard of this. Me playing the movie for him. And he never heard of the other stuff like the anime and the manga. Manga, we probably heard it more uh, from Ray. So this is kind of like a little section where I do the call out, basically. Um, and I point out, if you, if you really, if you love Alita, granted, if you haven't seen it, just give it a chance. Go watch it. And, and it's okay if you don't like it. It's fine. Um, engage with us and let us know what you think. Um, but if you do like it and you want a part two, I strongly encourage you to go in uh, YouTube and pick up the stream. There's two streams out there and, and I'll, I'll let Ray explain a little bit more, uh, but it, it's the Alita army stream. And if you like Alita, you're going to really enjoy it because this is where you get really deep into the story, the entire IP. It could be the movie, could be the, the anime, could be the manga, mostly manga. Um, but you would you would really enjoy uh, the the conversations. I had been a guest on um, at one point in both of these streams, and I really really enjoyed my conversation there. Uh, so, Ray, um, tell us a little bit about the the last episode that we had for um, the Alita Army. Well, I think this this episode that we're recording now will be dropping fairly soon after we record it. But uh, we just finished with uh, on Friday was uh, Alita Day, ninth of the ninth, which is you know her number is ninety nine, so that's why we picked that as as uh, Alita Day. But it turned into Alita Week. Uh, it, it just went bonkers. Uh, we had uh, people dropping videos uh, all over YouTube. 
we had a trending event on the Knights of the Knights, which uh, managed to trend. Uh, we've had a few problems with that happening in the past, but uh, and of course we always pick a date where something uh, big in the world happens. Uh, the death of Queen Elizabeth II, uh, Vale QE2, uh, amazing monarch. Uh, she will be missed. Uh, but at least you know her uh, her son now has a job after seventy one years, so uh, he's now finally employed. Good on you, King Charlie. <laughs> but um, uh, getting getting back to the topic, uh, there was a massive week. Um, uh, we had um, on uh, Muskogee Creek's YouTube channel uh, where the uh, other uh, live stream occurs. Uh, he streamed both. Um, uh, I think it was uh, Thursday and Friday, uh, but he, uh, he had uh, watch parties of both the anime and the uh, movie, and they're both um, recorded, so you can check those out. And basically, what you do is when they go three, two, one, play, uh, you turn it on and start watching on your own copy, and then listen to the commentary uh, as it's uh, made across the live stream. So that's how those work. But uh, they were a lot of fun, and then uh, this week. Um, my co-host Angelus, who we've mentioned previously, uh, he was back uh, with a vengeance to host that one uh, to give me a break from hosting. But uh, uh, his his work means that he he can't be on for three or four weeks in a row, and then he's he's back. So uh, he hosted that one, and we did a wrap up of everything that happened. But the big thing that happened uh, during the week was uh, we had a fundraiser to put together money to have a, a quarter page advertisement in the LA Times. Uh, attempting to get uh, Disney's uh, notice that there still is a big demand for a sequel. And uh, that went through. We got the money together and that went through and it was fantastic. And John Landau picked it up and uh, he tweeted about it. He mentioned it in Facebook and Instagram. So it was really good to get some feedback from a producer of the original movie saying that they appreciated the leader army and all our efforts. Uh, so we had that, you know, uh, uh, appreciated glow um, uh, across the league today and the weekend. So we had a lot of fun with that. So that that was the big uh, the big week that we had. Uh, and you can check that all out on YouTube if uh, you're at all interested. Shame on Disney. You guys had to pay them to do something when they own Gloria. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just hope Disney comes to their senses at some point. Yeah. Okay. So um, you guys ready? Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready? Don't forget, don't forget to put that in the plug before oh, yeah. we get the whole movie. <laughs> you know, we've been on for 70 minutes already. We haven't got to the movie yet. Well, you know, <laughs> in, in the last episode we have, I don't think we ever got to the plot. We got to the plot after the, the show. No, no, but the last yeah, episode we never read it. No. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't <laughs> happen. <laughs> no, it was the one before Cabo uh, versus Aliens. Like that one, we did the, the plot, but like after we did the movie. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Should I take that as a, as my moment to plot it out? Yeah, go ahead. You know, let's just jump in. Okay. Well, I'll 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 give a bit of context rather than just roll straight into the plot. But uh, the movie that uh, we're doing today is Rain of Fire, uh, as suggested by the sci-fi wise guys here, uh, and uh, it is a quite interesting movie. Uh, I thought it was really well paced. Uh, it had good acting. Um, the Obviously, you know, it's got some, some good uh, talent in it, uh, being that uh, we, you're looking at uh, Christian Bale and Matthew McConaughey, uh, which are uh, pretty high uh, right, up there right, on the right. cards. I knew um, that was coming. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. 
I I I made because yeah, I was excellent. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Continue, right? I know, I know. I was like, <laughs> I was, I saw it coming. I just. <laughs> it had to come. Yeah, it did. Uh, so it was 2002, 102 minutes. Uh, it was filmed in the United Kingdom, Ireland, and the United States. Uh, the budget was 60 million. So for these days, that's, you know, pocket change for, um, for Hollywood. Uh, but the box office was 82.2. So it didn't really resonate with fans at the time. Um, my personal opinion is that it's not really sci-fi. It's sci-fi adjacent, uh, <laughs> to borrow a term from these guys here. Uh, it, it kind of sort of lands for me in the post-apocalyptic fantasy fiction uh, because there really isn't a huge amount of science in there. But um, they, they do wax lyrical about knowledge and, and the only thing that we had left was knowledge to fight the dragons. And you know, science is knowledge. So I guess that that's that's one point where it does connect. Um, so I thought I thought that uh, that it, it was it was a little bit off target, but you know, it's still got some 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 key points worth uh, discussing here. So anyway, the whole lot. So soon after the start of the twenty first century, during the construction of the London Underground, workers penetrate a cave. And a huge dragon emerges from hibernation, incinerating the workers uh, with its breath. The only survivor is a boy, Quinn Abercrombie, uh, whose mother, Karen, uh, the project engineer, is crushed to death protecting him. The dragon flies out of the underground and, and soon more dragons appear. Years later, Quinn, um, played by Christian Bale at this point, now an adult, records the events that transpired after the first dragon sighting. Scientists discovered that dragons were a species responsible for the extinction of the dinosaurs. Sorry, asteroid, you lost out. Um, and most plant life on the planet when they raised it with fire. The ash from this event caused the first ice age before the dragons disappeared, presumably in a cycle of hibernation. Once re-emerged, the population surged to several million, prompting most militaries to use increasingly devastating weapons, finally leading to targeting the largest population areas with nuclear weapons in 2010. Do you guys remember that? I don't remember that. Hmm. You don't, yeah. you, it might not have happened in Australia. It definitely happened uh, here. Maybe so. not. Well, we don't have yeah. nukes, so yeah, we just, we just gave them tinnies and they drank those and everything was good. <laughs> Um, however, this only hastened the destruction, and by 2020, humans are nearly extinct. This is a different timeline, clearly. Uh, the dragons, now starving as well, are dying off and an increasingly and an increasingly aggressive in search of food. Quinn, along with his best friend Creedy, uh, leads a community of survivors at Bramberg Castle, Northumberland where he plans to outlast dragons until they go back into hibernation. As insurance, he shares his notes and plans with Jared, an orphan he rescued as a child and is grooming to lead the community. The community is short of supplies and in a state of unrest, pending the harvest of their meager crops. Eddie um, and his group steal a truck and pilfer the crops early, but are attacked by a dragon. One man is killed and the rest are surrounded by fire. Quinn, Creedy, Jared, and Jared rescue them with old fire engines, but the dragon kills Eddie's son before escaping and burns the majority of the crops, leaving the community without a means to feed itself. Shortly afterwards, a group of heavily armed Americans job, arrive. Yeah, good one, Eddie. Sorry. Uh, yeah. 
shortly afterwards, a group of heavily armed Americans arrived uh, in an armored convoy with a chieftain tank and uh, an Augusta Westland AW109 utility helicopter. Whoever wrote this was big on their military kit. Okay, it's got all the correct names in it. Um, the leader, Denton Van Zandt, played by mm. Matthew McConaughey, and he mm. buff in mm-hmm. this role. He was built like a oh, yeah. shit house. <laughs> I was impressed. Um, explains that the Kentucky Irregulars who flew to Manchester from the US in a rebuilt National Guard C5 Galaxy uh, on two engines, some of the last remain, remaining military dragon hunters seeking safe haven on their way to London. Initially skeptical and worried that they are marauders, Van Zandt convinces Quinn by sharing the dragon's main weakness, poor vision during twilight. With Quinn's help, Van Zandt and his team hunt and slay a dragon who is destroying the crops. Uh, The survivors enjoy a celebration in the castle that night, but Van Zandt is embittered by the loss of his three men. Van Zandt introduces Quinn to Alex Jensen, his team helicopter pilot and intelligence officer and together they brief Quinn on their mission. I should mention that Alex, uh, Alex is female because, you know, the name doesn't really tell you that. And uh, she's played by Isabella Skrupulo. Skrupko. I can't even pronounce that. Yeah. <laughs> you got you it. Pronounce? You know? Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, so after killing nearly 200 dragons, Alex discovered that they were all female. She postulates that they reproduce quickly because the species relies on a single male to fertilize the eggs. Having tracked uh, and sp- the, the spread of the dragons, they believe that the male is located in London, and if they kill you. it... They what? You think that they... How do will they know if it's female or male? Well, they're flying the both hangs? You need well, to... We... Uh, you need to ask your parents about that. This isn't the time. <laughs> Oh, okay. There's actually more about dragons. There was actually a scene where he goes to the dragon corpse of the dragon that they killed and he reaches inside, pulls out an egg. Therefore, FEMA. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're putting putting their gender normativity onto the dragons, is what's happening. Yeah. When you when you were studying uh, biology, Ray, did they give you a specific class about dragon biology? I will get to that. I actually have an anecdote for that. <laughs> the science behind come science on, fiction. Come on, Gio. I got you covered, dude. Come on, Gio. I know you're <laughs> desperate to know, but... <laughs> I have got you, you covered. What are you drawing <laughs> over there? <laughs> Draconogist. Man, I love it when I've got this. Plan comes together. Anyway, uh, where was I? Okay, yeah. Um, species relies on a single male to fertilize the eggs. Having tracked the spread of the dragons, they believe that the male is located in London and that if they kill it, they will effectively stop the dragons from reproducing. Although Quinn suspects that the male dragon is the same one that killed his mother, he refuses to help knowing that London is a dragon stronghold and that if they fail, the dragons will track them back to the castle that, that he's sheltering the people in. Van Zandt first recruits, then drafts the castle's best defenders, including Jared, despite Quinn's objections and a physical altercation, otherwise known as a punch-up. Van Zandt and some of the castle's men then depart, but true to Quinn's warnings, their caravan is attacked by the male dragon in the ruins of a town 66 miles or 160 kilometres from London. 
Everyone but Van Zandt and Jensen are killed. The dragon then finds the castle and kills many of the inhabitants. Quinn gets the survivors to a bunker, but they are trapped. And when the dragon returns during the final attack, Creedy is killed. And he's killed basically getting the door closed and saving the rest of them. Van Zandt and Jensen return and free everyone trapped in the bunker. Quinn leaves Jared in charge and decides to help Van Zandt and Alex hunt down the male dragon as their best chance of survival. They, survive, they fly along the coast to London and find hundreds of small dragons, one of which is cannibalized by the larger male. So those, all those small ones are female. This scatters the smaller dragons and leaves the male undefended. Uh, there's a very interesting quote there where, you know, it's, it's hundreds versus three. And then when all of the females are scattered, um, Creedy turns around and says, well, you know, now it's uh, three versus one. So we have the advantage. <laughs> and it's like, really? <laughs> that's that's your bonus round. Jesus Christ! I mean, um, so technically, he's right. I mean, <laughs> technically, yeah. Um, so uh, without the support needed for a major battle, Van Zen uh, coordinates a simplified plan: split up, bait the male into attacking, and then shoot explosive down the dragon's explosives down the dragon's throat with crossbows. So basically, uh, you've got your basic crossbow bolt, but with a magnesium tip on it with uh, high explosives. Which uh, which planning, Rambo is that from? Uh, two second one, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Rambo two. First Blood Part Two Rambo. versus dragons. Versus dragons. <laughs> Rambo versus, versus dragons. <laughs> Don't give him any ideas. Don't give. <laughs> well, Vin's end was basically your Rambo prototype. So. Well, that's basically what we were watching, uh, with some British skits in there. So, yeah, comedy. Um, my story, my plan... story is that Rambo is the son of the predator and a woman from the jungle, Amazonian. Now we're getting really complicated. <laughs> I'm nearly done, guys. Let, let me just get this finished. <laughs> the plan initially works, but the dragon manages to detonate the explosives early. Van Zandt sacrifices himself as a distraction while Quinn and Alex gather the last explosives because Quinn dropped them. <laughs> uh, most important thing you can have, drop, run away. Whoops. Um, together, they lure the dragon to ground level where Quinn fires... Uh, the last explosive into the dragon's mouth, killing it. Later, Quinn and Alex erect a radio tower on a hill overlooking the North Sea. There's been no dragon sighting for over several months. Jared arrives to say that they have contacted a group of French survivors who want to speak to their leader. Quinn officially makes Jared the community leader, asks for a bottle of booze from the Frenchies, and uh, dedicates himself to rebuilding civilization with Alex. So, Roll credits. I like to point out Spoilers. Yeah. Really? The whole plot wasn't a spoiler? <laughs> what? I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're about I'd five like minutes to point out, too late. Oh, wow. You know, the one thing that I'm sad about is that when um, Creedy, you know, died, basically closing the door, he didn't yell out. For Sparta and close the door. <laughs> I'm sad about it. it could they have been weren't awesome. in Greece. <laughs> I, 
for Northumberland. There you go. Aussie boys. There you go. I have. I don't have a lot of notes about this movie, but most of my notes are about the opening scene and the lack of OSHA. Um, <laughs> regulations being enforced at this work site. Oh, yeah. What's up with oh, no, that? No, they, they, they don't have OSHA there. It's Whatever the they NHS, call it over right? there, they have something. They have the something. NHS. They have to have something. <laughs> There's the no NHS. way. Like, There's a line where one of the guys said, um, we're not following the safety protocols. Yeah. yeah, I could tell when the little kid went down there without a hard hat or a reflective yeah. vest. They sent him in a hole. The other dude, like they're digging underground and he's like, I'm going to light up a cigarette. And I'm like, do you not know what gas is? Like, where? Mm-hmm. what is happening? Where's your right canary? Come on. Ex- yeah. <laughs> you invented no. If they had had a canary, we wouldn't have dragons. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. And then the movie went downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> it was already underground. How did it go downhill? <laughs> oh man are you asking because I, I i got 30 minutes on that i mean go for it <laughs> no uh so earlier you said that um this movie was suggested by the sci-fi wise guys and i want to mm-hmm. clarify uh, i had never seen this movie I didn't suggest this movie. I came into the thread late and said, oh, I guess that's what we're watching. <laughs> but this is all Chris's fault. Chris? This, is, this was my idea. Yeah. <laughs> this was his idea. And I think that he should uh, give his opinions first and defend himself. He was really uh, leaning into the adjacent, wasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> it was. Well, you Before know, I give you my initial thoughts and opinions, go mm-hmm. ahead, Robert, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I mean, I, I, I agree this is sci-fi for me, but, you know, uh, that's just my personal opinion. Um, Hashtag. So go go ahead, Chris. I just had to point that out. Uh, <laughs> no problem. I'll, I'll just give us a couple of facts. Uh, Reign of Fire is sitting on IMDb at a 6.2 out of 10 star rating based on 137,000 ratings. So hmm, I guess it's, I guess that, that downhill was pretty tall, huh? <laughs> yeah. uh, it's also sitting on 42% rotten on the tomato meter and uh, with a, Audience score forty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Letterbox has this thing sitting at a two point nine out of five. Out of five, yeah. Sorry, uh, and seventy seven percent of uh, Google users like this movie. So, when I first suggested this idea or this movie, uh, I think Ray and I had a little bit of a back and forth because you just didn't agree that that this is considered science fiction, but fantasy is considered science fiction. And this is definitely a fantasy movie because there's dragons. Dragons. <laughs> you, you know, you're going, you're going to start, you're going to relive that, that, that fight between me no, and no, Gio. No. Me and Gio had that fight. I agree. Fantasy is not. And Gio said it is. And yeah. Okay. So <laughs> do you think star, do you consider star Wars science fiction? A science fiction fantasy for me. Hold on. Yeah. Let's see here real quick. I've uh, been recording for two hours and 55 seconds, and Star Wars got brought up as part of an argument. Yeah. No, no. So, so do you like the Force? Uh, do, you like it when you're, do you like it when your wizards use swords that are made out of lasers? Yes. I mean, that's a funny thing. Like, we're going to bring Lord of the Rings and shit like that, which I adore, but we've done Narnia. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. wants to bring Harry Potter to Lord of the Rings. Next. Here, here. Harry Potter. Harry Potter to the show under the pretext of steampunk. 
it's all science fiction. Um, <laughs> hashtag this is sci-fi. Yeah. So uh, I'll be honest. I I saw this movie. I think when I when it came out, um, my dad. I think my parents might have been divorced at the time, and my dad was like, "I want to see a at movie the time. with you." Because, um, <laughs> because we're we're father and son. Let's go see a movie. So we went to go see this. And I remember not really liking it until Matthew McConaughey came on screen. And I, I kind of feel the same way now, 20 years later. Um, he's probably the only part of this movie that's really great because uh, he's not really acting. He's just Matthew McConaughey. Uh, <laughs> and, it's, and it's great. I think like, like every really part Irish. of his... No, no, no. He's from Kentucky. <laughs> Well, I mean, in the like in real life, he's from Texas, and the movies, um, but no, like everything, everything about his performance, he's magnetic. Um, he's so intense. Like he's his whisper yelling at the end of the movie is great. Um, I don't know. Uh, the rest of the movie is this, this just in. Uh, Matthew McConaughey's a good actor. Who knew? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Christian Bale. Uh, when, when, he's, movie. when he's talking to them about the guys who died, and his eyes are wet, but yeah. he's not crying. Yeah. That was excellent. Yeah. When, yeah was no one, no one's ever going to tell you that Matthew McConaughey's a bad actor. Yeah. I've seen ten. I've seen uh, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Man, I'm gonna have to Most that people aren't going to tell you. <laughs> I, I, I love that movie. Oh, it's it. it's okay. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, like the Matthew McConaughey point. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! <laughs> the lazy never put never lock your elbow. Just kind of yeah, just reaches. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you said this movie had a budget of sixty million dollars. Was that correct? That's what the wiki says. Okay. That's what the, it needed. Another forty. Uh, the CGI in this is horrendous and for a movie that the whole hook of the whole point of this movie is to see modern day people fight dragons Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen i disagree a little bit i think the cgi only gets really bad when the when the tower scene happens and the the very very end everything's gray we so we recently watched uh alien vs predator requiem another movie that is very very gray and it's very very gray because they've they've lowered the white level in order to hide the bad CGI. And that's what they did in this movie. That's why everything is so dark. That's why this, there's dark clouds everywhere. They can try to say that it's whatever because of the plot or the, whatever happened like, uh, with the dragons. Point. But really, it's to hide the dragons. We don't get to see the dragons because they were afraid that it wouldn't look as good as How to Train Your Dragon. Like, it just... How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> It just looks it looks bad. And that led to a plot that was about these people that I didn't care about because they they introduce them, they do a thing, they're gone. Like there's no it's this is something that comes up a lot on our podcast. Like this feels like a television show that got they they said, Oh, we can't, we're not gonna green light a TV show, but you but so they switched it into a movie. Like, we had time to spend with these characters, especially in 2002, like a 20 episode season of television, or even something shorter, more modern, like The Walking Dead or something, where we have time to really spend Walking Dead with is these... many things, but it's not short. It's with the short seasons. Like like what yeah. I was what I mean, like you get a 10 episode season or a six episode season to tell this story, then you can flesh out the characters, you can spend time yeah. with them. But as it is here, like 
I watched for 25 minutes and I was like, oh, Christian Bale's the kid from the beginning. Oh, <laughs> there's uh, I mean, okay. I'll give you my input on the CGI though, because Robert and I have had this conversation many times. Mm -hmm. I think that the CGI's is just uh, tax that they happened because of the time the movie came out. If that movie would have done would have been done on this time, CGI probably would have been a lot better. I mean, we've seen we've seen Korean movies from independent filmmakers that are badass and they are completely done CGI on Netflix, and you're like, wow. Okay. Um, so I would think that because of the time and the employment on how they use CGI. I mean, unfortunately, a dragon is not a thing that you could uh, put so, much of a computer at a time. I get that. I get that. But I'm going to counter with movies that came out in 2002. Sci-fi movies that came out in 2002. Uh, Spider-Man, Equilibrium, Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, Minority Report, uh, Resident are you, Evil. Are you trying to use... Attack like, of the Clones as an argument for good CGI. No, no, no. Like it, does, it doesn't look up to today, but it, at the time it lived up. Sure. No, you're right. And you only have you only have a dragon. Take take yeah, the budget. Exactly. Take the forty but, million dollars and put it into a dragon, or just like, actually any use any of those movies that you use. Don't use a yeah. strange or abnormal being like a dragon. Only Star Men in Black Two. I'm going to keep going. No, no I, let's use, let's I get what you're saying. It is the product of its time, but if you can't tell the story properly, don't tell it. Yeah, or use real props. Stop using CGI. You're right. That's, Jurassic Park yes. came out almost a that's decade before Jurassic it. Comparison too. And I mean, yeah. I wanted to compare like the budgets of all those big movies against this one. Probably this one was oh, probably least. not as much at Star Wars. No, no, exactly. But I think at the, at the end of the day, like that's what I say, like they could have used all those, all the type of, of medias to express the CGI's than Trying to go computerized. It makes then me. They compromise the whole movie on it. That makes me wonder. Like, you know, some movies don't get the, the budget they need and they have to mm -hmm. make do. And, and I don't know this. I don't think, I'm thinking, I don't think I have read anything about when they were making this movie. But it, it makes me wonder if they just got that budget and they had to make do, and this is what they end up with. Um, maybe oh, they had definitely. the idea of, of wanting to do something better, but because of the budget, they were restricted to what they got. Um, does that make sense? Kind of. I mean, it, no, 100% makes sense. But if you're working within your budget, maybe you don't have Gerard Butler, Matthew McConaughey, and Christian Bale in your movie. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I get that that's also part of the marketing, right? Saying, oh, this is the new Matthew McConaughey movie or whatever. And I'm not saying that he should be replaced, but I'm saying if you're looking at your budget, I maybe agree. not the people that take a million dollars a day to be on set, you know? I agree. Like, we, we, we have said, we've seen very many, many times in the past where a movie actually is uh, advertised because of the actors mm -hmm. it has. Exactly. So this this is movie about. is not, we're not seeing this because Christian Bale's in it. We're seeing it because it has dragons in it. Yeah. yeah. Like that's... It, it, and that brings another question to me because sometimes, and we see this this being done in certain movies. I mean, we see this done. I mean, we can recall it back in in Logan's Run. How they they um what was her name? Um, I can't believe I forgot her name. The the blonde. Um, they used her in the marketing campaign to try to hype up the movie, although she only had like a few seconds in the movie, a few minutes in the movie. So. The point that I'm trying to make, and you can go back and listen to our, our Logan Farrah Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett. There you go. You can go ahead and listen uh, yeah, to that. Yeah. You can Logan's go ahead run. and 
Yeah, Logan's Run. You can go ahead and listen to that episode if you want to get the details on that. But, but the point that I'm trying to make is, uh, I wonder what part of that they're using to, to, make, um, the, to make some sort of money for that movie. So they figure, and this is me thinking, I mean, I, I might be wrong and I'd like to hear your comments on that, but they're saying, okay, we only get this amount of budget for this movie. Uh, we're going to have to make the money back. We don't know how we're going to get, this could, this could flop. Uh, can we afford to have some big names in here? So maybe at the box office, we can make the money back. And I wonder what percentage of that it, it came across. Because, you know, I understand what you're saying. They, they, sh they could have gone with some known names or maybe at least just have one instead of you know, two big names in, 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 in this movie. But it makes you wonder what part of that was that decision where they're, and, and I might be completely wrong. I might be completely wrong, but it kind of makes sense in my head that it's like, okay, we're not getting enough money for this movie. We better make it because we're going to be in trouble. I looked up the budget for Jurassic Park. Okay. 63 million. Hmm. Now it's a few years earlier, so whatever, but it, it, they're pretty comparable in budgets. And well, the effects I mean, are drastically different. I mean, and there's, there's a lot of tricks in Jurassic Park. If you go and have a look at... Oh, um, yeah. you go, there's, oh, God. there's only one dragon at a time, like, for the most part. Like, there's, there's very little. You spend very... You spend most of the movie on a sound set, like a soundstage in a castle, you know, or a field behind some lot in Canada or whatever. Like there's not, it's not like they have a lot of locations. I think you, I think you said it was filmed in on location, like in UK, but they, they didn't have to. Yeah. I'm just, I don't know. I, I just, I, th I suspect the majority of this movie's budget got ate up by, um, the um, ha having the the fact that they could only film at dawn or dusk. You know what I mean? Mm. Like during the action sequences, they could only film when it was dark. So I mean, Golden Hour is an hour and a half long on a good day. So you're getting an hour and a half, three hours of film time every single day when they're not shooting inside. I don't know. It that could, could be hard. I think yeah. that would increase the budget because, you know, on a typical movie, I like to think, I mean, again, I could be wrong. I'm not in the business, but you could film eight, nine, ten hours in a row because um, you could, you know, you could split it between maybe a, a, a sound, um, a sound stage or, or, you know, or maybe on location. Um, if if it's on location, depending on the scene, if in the if it's on the day, you might have what ten hours. If it's at night, you might have again the same amount. But the golden hour, that stretches your, you know, you have to be on location. You have to pay these people to be more days for less mm -hmm. hours of filming. And I think you know, could that have contributed to chewing up most of the the the, the budget? Well, I, it, go ahead, Anthony. No, no, please. Well, I was going to say, Anthony and I are big fans of a filmmaker slash actor. His name is Jason Tross, JTRO, shout out, um, on Twitter, at the real JTRO. The JTRO. Come on, man. I'm sorry. The JTRO. We get it wrong I, more than we get it right. I, I don't at understand. That's where, I, don't, I don't understand that's what it works. Um, he, we recently watched one of his movies called uh, The FP3, which was a movie that he filmed almost entirely in his gutted out home in Australia 
or New Zealand, whichever one. I don't know. Australia during Australia. during lockdown. Yeah. He painted a corner of his living room green, floor, wall, ceiling, and filmed 90% of the movie like that. Yeah. So in like miniatures all, in his garage. Like it's strange when we watch movies, especially 20 years later, and it's like, oh man, this movie's CGI is really bad. Mm-hmm. But like it, listening to him and uh, talk about the movies that he's made and like how all movies are like a sprint. Like, like it's like, Oh cool. We've got 90 days to finish this movie where it like the filmmakers see we've got 90 days to release like this blockbuster that had a $60 million budget. So yeah, shortcuts get taken. Um, Like I, I like I'm on geo side. I forgive bad CGI unless it's awful. Um, I didn't believe that the dragons were real and that's okay. I also like, you know, talk about Jurassic park. I believe those are real dinosaurs. Um, and just the fact that it's been eight years later and I just can't believe that the dragons were real. It's a problem, but I want to, I want to point out too. I think I, I came in strong with like attacking the CGI. Well, actually I came in strong attacking the lack of regulations when they're digging the new subway tunnel. Uh, <laughs> but then immediately moved to CGI because the story of this movie doesn't matter to me. Like I didn't care and I didn't care about the characters. And so the one redeeming thing that I thought could happen was, Oh, we're going to get cool CGI dragons. Like, like like when I watch transformers and I don't really care about the story and the characters are like a little exhausting, but then I get giant, you know, alien, uh, transforming robots fighting, killing each other. I'm like, okay, this was fun. Like, I, I could say, oh, this was fun. And for this reason, there's nothing about this movie that makes me say, oh, you should watch it if you kind of want this. Nah. Uh, if you want to see Matthew McConaughey jacked up and just, and like, just killing it on screen, look up those scenes on YouTube. There's absolutely, watching the movie doesn't add anything to it. And that's, <laughs> that's how I feel. And I, I think I went up about the CGI on top of it is because it was like the one thing that the marketing promised me that could overcome all of this other stuff. So and it didn't. You sound very far away. I didn't one, catch one up. more time, Gio. What was it? Like, like uh, in a nutshell, Brain of Fire, we get Matthew McConaughey ripped off. Pretty yeah. Much. Yeah. Yeah. We get, a, <laughs> we get the most beautiful version of Matthew McConaughey we've ever had. <laughs> Man, and I thought I was going to be the biggest detractor of this movie. I think <laughs> I liked it more than you guys did. I, I oh no! A lot I, of bad movies. Playing the movie and listening to Kenny now. Yeah, I mean, don't get yeah. it wrong. <laughs> I, I really liked this movie. Like, I re- I enjoy it. Like I said, the acting's great. Like, the premise is interesting enough for like how society, no matter what, when we're not the apex predators, we're kind of hunter gatherers again. And so, mm-hmm. like the all of our technology means nothing in the face of something that burns everything that it sees. Um. So no, like they won at the end. Well, you know what though? You know who else had a lot of really good ideas, Chris? Who? Occupation. <laughs> Occupation had a lot of really good ideas. We saw how that ended up. That's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't matter how good it is as an idea. It's not executed well, it doesn't matter. You you can have excellent actors. Yes, tick in the there's there's a box oh, yeah. here that's ticked for that. Uh you can have an interesting premise. There's a box ticked for that. Uh, but budget and execution, yeah, didn't quite come together, I gotta say. Yeah. I mean, people watch Star Wars. I'm doing it again. People watch Star Wars because it's 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 this interesting world 
and these interesting characters. It's like a bonus that it's a fun action film and it's got all these sci-fi elements and big explosions and spaceships. Like, but what, what makes people go watch the second one, what, what makes people go watch uh, Empire Strikes Back is their investment in these characters yeah. and, and the story thereof. And this movie has none of that. Like you're right, it's got great acting, yeah. better acting. There's a lot of like back data and plot that it was not terribly elaborated, to be honest. It's very yeah. simple and it's so simple that it might not attract the the viewer with it. Yeah. Let me I'm gonna take a tally before we continue. So I think the movie was fun to watch. I enjoyed it. I might not necessarily say it was a good movie. However, I would watch it again. I had fun. I enjoyed the movie. So, that being said, uh, I take that Anthony did not like it. Ray did oh, not really? like it. Is that correct? Yeah, that's nope. correct. Okay. Listening to I, him tell I, the plot again a second time was almost as like it was, it was, it was like watching the movie a second time. It was so bad. Like I, I was like, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yes. I was like, yeah, that scene. Ugh. So, Gio, what is? I'm going to ask Gio and Chris now, so we can get like a tally here. Um, let me start with Gio. I'm looking ugly, man. What What do you feel? Of, how do you feel? Which side of the uh, of the line are you in in this movie? I mean, I have nothing against the movie. It's a one-time watch fun thing, you know. You know, I like cerebral movies, like movies like Interstellar, uh, Inception. I watch it, and I have watched it more than 30 times. Mm -hmm. I like it. They tickle my brain. But, I mean, there's nothing much brainy about it in this one, you know? Did you at least find it fun to watch and would watch it again or just fun and... I'll like... watch it again with a hot chick in the couch. <laughs> okay. Netflix is yeah, chill. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't know if you want her to see Matthew McConaughey with this show. Yeah, that that, that might be a bad thing. Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey's arousal point is for me for her. If Matthew McConaughey swings by and says, "Hey, do you want to watch this film with me?" I'd be like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> yeah. Christian Bell swung by and did that like why aren't we watching Batman what's your problem <laughs> maybe maybe Gian's hoping to bask in the in the uh, awesomeness of Matthew McConaughey and you know get a little bit of side action gonna be my yeah, he wants to be the, the second by best proxy. looking man in the room yeah Matthew McConaughey's gonna be my women <laughs> alright 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 <laughs> dragon wing that's what I'm gonna do when it's time man I'm gonna be like okay all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Robert, Robert, you're always posing questions on this podcast, so let me pose one. Yes. This will, this will tell you how much you like this movie. If you had the option of watching any Star Trek or any Star Wars again, or watching this movie again, which would you pick? I'd watch this before I watch Wrath of Khan again. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually remember if our Wrath of Khan jokes were before we started recording or not, but that was a, that was a callback. That was a little bit of a deep cut for the same episode. Just so you guys know, we have a real party pre-show. So, yeah. Superman going nuts and killing everybody. What's wrong with that? It's cool to watch Superman going nuts and killing everybody. And then going into Star Trek and you're like, I'll fuck this thing up, dude. So... Going back to Ray's question, I'm I'm think I might be. Can you elaborate onto the question? Like, I can only watch one 
Is that it? Well, no, you, you've you've got ex. You got two hours with your wife, right? And she says, "What should we watch, dear?" And you've got the choice of this or any Star Trek or any Star Wars that you like. What are you going to pick? That might be a bad question to ask now, only because I am in the middle of a rewatch for Star Trek for my wife. So we're watching. We're like halfway well, through the point, TOS. The point is that you will take any of the other three options. Before rain of fire. Today, yes, Robert. that might change Probably later. And tomorrow too. <laughs> here's here's the answer to Ray's question. It's obviously Star Wars or Star Trek. Just go play Skyrim. <laughs> if, if you want, if you want, if you want dragon action, just go play Skyrim. That is that is that is a good answer. <laughs> okay. Look, this is or not watch, a, this is not a Hollywood. terrible movie, but it's not up there with good science fiction. I I agree with no. that. I agree with that. I I, on, I find it fun, it's, it's more, but yeah, I agree with that. I think I'm going to say something I've never said before. I didn't mean to interrupt. Say that again. Yeah. Can you hear me? Go ahead. Uh, yes. you, I was just saying the only science fiction factor in the movie is the, the dystopian future portrayed. I don't think the dragons are science fiction. Dragons are to me. No, no, they're not. Future. No. They're, uh, they're, they're not so purely. Why don't we, why don't we the uh, so in this, I think actually in this particular case, to derail us entirely, I think in this particular case, these dragons are science fiction because they are uh, real flesh and blood evolved creatures that inhabit Earth, as opposed to a fantasy origin type magic creature. Like they have, they, they, they have a real, like I can see like in, in like uh, prehistoric documents that they exist. Well, yeah, like they, they talk about how they, uh, you know, killed all the dinosaurs and caused an ice age and all of this, all of these things. Like they're part of the earth, mm-hmm. and so they, the, uh, it, there's so there's no magic, and I think that makes them a little bit more sci-fi. Like it'd be any, it'd be like any other science fiction creature. Like what is different about these dragons versus any alien? You or, know, you have a real uh, good point there. I yeah, really yeah. never thought about it that way. What I was do about you think, right? Trimmers, but yeah. <laughs> I, well, well, I would actually say it's more like a natural disaster than very much so. Yeah, but I mean, is Godzilla yeah, just... science fiction or is Godzilla fantasy? But yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's a he's a stand-in for natural disaster, right? Well, he's a stand-in for nuclear <laughs> nuclear war disaster. As a scientist, I'd have to say that Godzilla is science fantasy, much like Star yeah. Wars. What about King Kong? Something that big cannot exist because it would be crushed under its own weight. Yeah, uh, unless there was some some force keeping it together. And any of you guys watch the cartoons for Godzilla? Mm, no. Like all cartoons, like there was a like there was a family that would go in a boat, like a safe life uh, lifeguards, and they would call Godzilla by the radio. Godzilla would come to fight the crime and shit. Hmm. No, uh, I've never heard of it. <laughs> but yeah, interesting. no, I've never heard of it. I I do like the whole like Godzilla cr- getting crushed under his own weight or. In the last one, or the the last Godzilla movie I watched was the Brian Cranston film or whatever, and like he's so tall, I'm like, how does he breathe? He's so high up there, like it's got to be such a much like a much thinner atmosphere, especially coming from the bottom of the ocean. Uh, but I think the idea is these dragons are are no more like they could be aliens. It doesn't, doesn't yeah. matter. You know, it, the it, fact that they're dragons is a marketing gimmick. They could have been anything. Yeah. And Ray, I think I'd like to hear a comment on this. I just had an idea. Um, you know how we have 
um, dinosaurs nowadays, uh, you know, there's, and you probably have a better understanding of this. Um, they're more from, they're more avian than what was previously thought of. Um, and I was thinking about this dragons on this movie and how huge, especially that main male dragon was. Um, yeah. and, and it kind of make in my head and please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it kind of makes sense in my head that this animal will now be crushed on its own weight because is somewhat avian um and you know you have to have a lot more so you're you're actually a bigger animal but there's a lot more air and that helps you you know with flying plus the uh, the membranes that you have to open up to kind of swing the air so you can go up on the air um and it it reminds me of uh, some of some of the uh, scientific articles that I have read about what scientists think dinosaurs are now. You know how before there were, you know, it was thought of that it was like just huge, you know, like the T-Rex and, and they're a lot more avian now. Does that make sense to you that it would, that would make a difference for this type of dragon to be able to exist? Well, it's, it's a little bit complicated because if you go out on your balcony and look at a bird that flies down and lands on your balcony and, and being in Australia and being near the bush, we have a huge number of birds, one of which is, is called a brush turkey. And they have, uh, they're, they're quite a large bird. You're sort of looking at uh, that, that yay big, which is oh, maybe two, two and a half feet long uh, or, you know, uh, nearly getting close to 80 centimetres long. They have uh, scaled legs and big claws on the end. And I look at those claws and I go, velociraptor. Mm. And the way they run up and down my balcony chasing the cockatoos off, it's very, very dinosaur-like when you, you watch like velociraptors running around the way they did in Jurassic Park. And it's known now that what survived the impact of the asteroid that wiped out the dinosaurs uh, became uh, uh, family Aves, which is the birds, right? So um, birds didn't come directly from lizards. They came from dinosaurs. And when dinosaurs originally discovered, they looked at the bones and went, what are these things going to look like on the outside? And they looked at them and they went, oh, they kind of look like lizards. So we'll give them lizard skin. And then that was just taken forward with um, movies and all that sort of thing in, in, in you know, all of the, the sort of claymation, stop motion stuff that they did, Land of the Lost and all that sort of stuff. And so that's stuck in um, everybody's mind as that's what dinosaurs look like. But then as, you know, more and more fossils were dug up, they started to get really lucky and find some, some skin that had survived. And they discovered that a lot of dinosaurs actually had feathers. And this was as they're on their way towards becoming birds. Evolution is one of those things that goes, boink, boink, and you go from a dinosaur to a bird. No, all these things move along slowly. And it's all about um, uh, a, a small amount of advantage 
over, um, uh, well, basically what happens is you get a mutation in a gene and that changes how something on the animal uh, is represented. Now, a lot of these mutations just cause death. So you get a mutation in the gene, the gene expresses poorly and the animal doesn't even survive uh, to, to become a, ba a, a baby, a small version of that animal. It's, it's what's called deleterious. But sometimes you'll get uh, a mutation, which is a small advantage, but it may not, well, it, it'll be changed. It's not, not uh, gonna kill the animal, but it's not necessarily an advantage. But then if the environment changes, that small change be can become an advantage. And if that animal, that particular animal gets an advantage, it will get to pass its genes on more than the other animals. And then that particular uh, trait will, increase in the population. And if it increases in the population enough, then it becomes the, the norm for that animal. And that's how evolution works, but it works over long periods of time. Now, human beings have been around for uh, million years-ish, as we've been close to what we've, we're like today. Uh, obviously our brains have gotten bigger and, and you know we've, we've come up with a lot of stuff technology and, and society and all those sorts of things. But uh, our physical format has been around for about a million years. Uh, and that is a drop in the ocean compared to how long dinosaurs were around. They were around for hundreds of millions of years. So they had a lot more time to evolve than we, we have as a species as we're recognized today. So there's a lot of variations, a lot of time for these changes to happen. And there was a lot of different types of dinosaurs. Um, if you go and look into it, um, there's actually more time. Well, th this is just an example of the, the time periods I'm talking about. You've got um, uh, in some of the old um, uh, dinosaur movies, like Land of the Lost, you've got a Brontosaurus and Tyrannosaurus Rex, and they're having a fight, right? And you go, oh, two big dinosaurs having a fight. This must have been what it was like, you know, back in the time of the dinosaurs. No, there's actually more time between when a Brontosaurus was alive and, and a T-Rex was alive than between a T-Rex and us. That's actually time travel. To have what those I'm two... saying is that these two animals that we think were fighting against each other, there's more time between when they existed than between us and, and the end of the dinosaurs. Yeah, I heard that. And that's like, so these, these things happen over huge amounts of time. Uh, so they had a lot of time to, to change based on their environment. And environments are always changing. So uh, if a species doesn't have enough variation in it, 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 it's not going to survive. You've got to have these mutations and this variation for the species actually have a chance of survival if the environment changes. And of course, when somebody throws a massive rock at the earth, that's going to change the environment pretty, pretty massively. I mean, somebody, somebody didn't throw it, it just rocked up. Uh, no, you heard uh, it here uh, first. We're going to find out who's responsible. Goes <laughs> <laughs> the aliens. The aliens did it. So what you're uh, what you're but, telling me is that the most unrealistic part of this movie is the fact that the dragons haven't evolved in hundreds of millions of years. Well, the whole the whole they idea like of peaked. them being able to to hibernate for millions of years because they were around at the time of the dinosaurs is a little bit bullshit. Uh, nothing. Yeah, are you sure they're not pterodactyls? No, they're not what? Well, they're uh, uh, pterodactyls. 
that evolved well, to breathe fire. <laughs> I, I mean, that, a, sure. a lot of these things, a lot of these things don't fit in evolutionary theory. Um, uh, a dragon is a conglomeration. I, I think where dragons came from was that that people in the past, like we're, we're talking uh, a thousand years or more ago, found fossils and went, "What the hell is this thing?" And then somebody got creative and put wings on it. Uh, and and sort of, or, or maybe they found a pterodactyl fossil mixed in with uh, some fossils of, of terrestrial um, dinosaurs, and they just went, oh, we'll stick this all together like a big jigsaw puzzle. And that's how they came up with dragons. I always assumed they came up with dragons because, like, didn't like 10 or 15,000 years ago, like, really, really big birds were around, like, huge condors. Megafauna. Or whatever. You're, so, yeah, yeah. you're talking about megafauna. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that and was. We killed thing. them all. Yeah, we ate them. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we killed. I don't know. I don't know if y'all know this, but um, we killed a lot of things. Yes, yeah. like yeah. I could say this. Uh, I can quote oh, Giancarlo's in previous episodes when he says we are virus. Yeah, when you're good at something, Ray, you don't just stop doing it. Yeah, no. never do it for free. Yeah, you, you don't stop yeah. getting hungry either. this movie. Yeah, you were saying something. That, that's what human beings have done throughout the, their whole history consistently: is to dominate, kill, and exterminate. That sounds like a that's a metal album I'll listen to. Exterminate, <laughs> exterminate, exterminate. Wait, Are you making a Doctor Who reference? That's a first. Like, <laughs> so would you like a new album from Sepultura? There you go. That's what's up. Uh, <laughs> would you think that? Uh, like, if this movie had anything but dragons in it, would it be more believable? Like, if it was, like, dinosaurs, like some sort of um, Land of the Lost or, or uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth type thing, would that be more acceptable to you, Ray? Or anyone, I guess? As far as the premise goes, it's still a bad movie because it's poorly written, but... Hmm, interesting. I think, I... I think they, they hand-waved a few times, which bugs some people with... A mm. desire for internal consistency, but uh, I, I, I didn't think it was that poorly written. I thought if they had a bigger budget, it could have gone off a lot better. I, I uh, guess, like when I say poorly written, I really do think that this is a do nothing story. Like I really feel like there's just an hour in the middle of this movie where I that I didn't need. Well, it's a it's a survival story. Like so it, just, they're not, it just happens to be a movie about people surviving in a world with dragons in it like it's well, i don't get to see them surviving yeah you do there's like, like there's like three I'll, throwaway lines about oh we're gonna go get the crops now i, I mean and they're, then they're stuck in a castle they sure they can't they can't stay up late because dragons star wars hunt. references yeah what what, what do we do when we're away. awake we look up. something about looking it up i can't remember <laughs> keep two eyes on the sky <laughs> yeah, yeah i got the entire I, I thing guess, in here i just don't i just didn't I just didn't care for the story, I guess. Yeah, I mean... That's it, fine. And that's if, fine. If they, if they had been invisible, like, panthers, would the story uh, have been any better? Oh. Like, eh. What if they were aliens that couldn't see vegetation? <laughs> <laughs> what if they were aliens that invaded Australia and all you had to do to hide from them was hide in a tree because they couldn't distinguish life signs between a tree yeah. and a person? 
And so, like, because their vision was all blurry. What if it was that? Would you think that I would think be better or worse? If you didn't go to Australia, they died because Australia had far more dangerous things than aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Ray, have you seen Occupation, the movie Occupation? No, I haven't. Okay, okay, I'll send you a link. Hold on. <laughs> you know, you want me to watch it now? This will be a long podcast. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can uh, help. Yeah, actually, yeah. I can help to, to. Uh, I, I'm looking at Chris right now, and it sounds like that's a movie he would want. He would want to watch. <laughs> no, it's. If, great. We're, if we're talking flaws in this movie, the number of holes that the um, that the the male had in its wing membranes, it, it's a big animal, right? Birds have hollow bones to reduce their weight so that they can stay up in the air, right? Uh, and and they have limits, and they have a wing to body ratio because they've got to be able to um, to stay aloft. And a lot of really big birds have a lot of trouble taking off. Some of them even have to climb into the top of trees to be able to drop a little bit to get lift to get up into the air because otherwise they just can't uh, they can't get off the ground. They're just too heavy. Um, they don't have wheels on their feet, so they. <laughs> I mean, a lot of big birds have to take off from the surface of the water and run across the surface of the water to keep from from the the drag down low enough to actually get into the air. So something as big as a dragon, uh, which is you know hundreds of tons, sure, aircraft get into the air, but they have a huge amount of thrust, uh, and they have wheels, which reduces drag. So. You know, the idea of something that big being able to get into the air. It's not a case of it being able to fly. Once it's in the air, that's a whole different kettle of fish. But getting into the air, dragons of that size with holes in the wing membranes can get into the air. I'm sorry. It's just not going to (laughs) happen. So that's also my biggest problem with the movie. Yeah. The holes in the wing membranes. So I think I like it's just, like that's just indicative of the whole thing. Like they they didn't even try to like apply any sort of like they Matthew McConaughey goes off about how they can only see at certain times or like they can't see as well at certain times of the day. Like if it's daylight out or it's dark out, it's fine. But when it's somewhere in between, they get confused. Which okay, I don't know how eyesight works. So sure. Uh, well, but then how but then eyesight just, works is there's different cones for um, night sight and day sight and. And different animals have different combinations of them. So I didn't have a problem with that theory that in the in-between time, the cones would be getting confused because neither one would be working optimally. But it was dark all the time. Like there was yeah. a permanent cloud cover. So <laughs> Just I didn't... Like, or ash, so I didn't uh, sort of ash clouds. Yeah, so like the, the dragons create ash clouds around the earth, which makes them blind I don't, or less or like or hard of seeing, I should say. Like, I, mm. I don't know. I guess, like, the idea that an animal could have that problem makes sense. The idea that that animal had that problem, just, I don't know. But now we're breaking down the science of dragons, Ray. Uh-huh. Isn't, yeah. that what we, oh, don't isn't, worry. isn't that what we do in the show, Ray? Yes, we do. You are on point. Look, the whole idea of having one of one sex is um, why it works for the story. Uh, for the species, it's hugely limiting because the thing's going to die eventually for some reason, be it choking on something that it's eating or, uh, you know, at dusk it flies into a radio tower. Um, <laughs> you know, you would have, there would have to be a mechanism in the species for a new male to rise. 
maybe maybe um, unfertilized eggs turn into males or something is like it, that. There would is it, be something. Well, isn't that kind of like, uh, don't bees create new queens when the old queen, something happens to her? Um, bees will actually generate new queens when the hive gets to a certain size and oh, then that queen right. will leave with a number split. of the soldiers and split it, yeah. So, so, I mean, it, but that's so, a, I mean, there's precedence, I guess, a, a little bit. Yeah. And and what are the what are the chances Eggins? that the dragons will pr provide a, a an egg for a male? Look, I mean the, the the whole question is where did the male come from in the first place? If there's only ever one, it's got to be a mechanism. Or I the feel species like wouldn't exist. I mean, isn't that the whole the whole idea with um, uh, we brought up Jurassic Park already? Weren't they all female, and suddenly there's new ones? Life mm -hmm. finds a way. That's right. I'm sorry, there wasn't enough pause in there. Let me try again. Life uh, finds a way. There you go. <laughs> I mean, that's if they had had a line about it, if they had just quoted Jurassic Park, like legit, because yeah. the movie came out in 2002, and they're making other pop culture references. If they had just quoted Jurassic Park, I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Fine. <laughs> I, I see. Well, I mean, they, they spent time at the writer's desk covering plot points to give it some internal consistency. Although, I mean, the dragons burn everything and then eat the ash seems a little bit, um, well, where did the nutrients in that? Um, you kind of destroyed them. But, uh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, they, they, they made a bit of an effort there, but then they, yeah, they skated over that one entirely because it was convenient for the plot, because they wanted to wrap it up in an hour and 40 minutes. I yeah. do wonder if there is a longer... Like, the, I, I would... I would very much like to read the script. Like, the full, unedited, like, un... Like, what is the original story? How much of that has actually gone into? What exposition are we missing? What scenes got cut that might bring it all together? Uh, because as long as this movie is, and it's a bit long, uh, it, it feels like... If it was a little longer, it might make more sense. Um, but then again, they didn't have the budget for dragons, so I don't think... At the end of the day, I think no matter what fixes the movie makes, the fact that I don't get good dragon-on-helicopter violence, I don't know. Oh, yeah, the, dra the, the female dragon, when, they, when they're fighting it, actually headbutts mm -hmm. the helicopter. And it's like, ah, uh, don't you spit Quick napalm? Cut. Why are you headbutting? Yeah. The and they have talons, but no. Let yeah. me take the thing. My let me take my face and put it next to the blades of the helicopter. Yeah. Well, e even so, um, helicopters are viciously um, prone to falling out of the sky when you interrupt them even slightly. Uh, <laughs> So uh, I, I would figure that a dragon headbutting a helicopter at speed, even if it's, you know, they're both going in the same direction, would wreck the helicopter something chronic. Because the dragons had horns on their heads, it just wreaked, and the helicopter would be like... Although the so helicopters... the tail rotor off. Yeah, although helicopters uh, internally might have a, a stronger structure, um, they need to be light for flight. Um hmm. So the 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 skin of it, you know, could be something like uh, akin to aluminum. And so, so regardless of what it is, 
that wouldn't be the end of that helicopter. Even if it doesn't hit the blades. Oh, sure. I, I was more saying that the but dragon would have put its head in danger. I mean, they both should have died. Mm. Yeah. But I then mean, again, the, but they needed they needed the helicopter to get to London, so they weren't going to let it be destroyed. Oh, but the plot it, got it. <laughs> yeah, it land it land it had plot armor. The helicopter had plot armor to the point where it had no damage, none. Now you you watch it go. I'm not telling you to go watch this again because I know you hated it so much. But <laughs> <laughs> if you saw a shot of the helicopter flying along the coast to uh, oh, yeah. to London, it's completely undamaged. There's not even a dint in it. But it has contemporary dragon slayers. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Correct. Come on, just that should be good I mean, enough. I'm, look, look, the 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 movie making process and the editing process in this movie was not high spec. Uh, there's a scene where they're looking up at the castle and the windmills are spinning, and the very next second they change shot and the windmill is stationary. And people walking up and down the parapets. I mean, that wasn't very hard to get right. But was there a Apparently coffee cup? Was there a Starbucks coffee cup on the table? Hmm, that is a question. No, but somebody was wearing a wristwatch. So, <laughs> well, I mean, wristwatch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, overall, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset if someone else liked this movie and wanted to rewatch it. I'm not mad at you, Robert. It's fine. You can enjoy the film. <laughs> Thank you. I just, uh, I guess like with, I, I would describe this movie as being less than the sum of its parts. With the actors that are in it, with the premise, with the budget, I would expect more. Now, if this was some $30,000 B movie or, or student film made in a shoestring budget and we got, and it was only half as good as it is, I would be happy. But with what it is, I just I was expecting more. Well, and maybe that's on me of, for having expectations. No, I, I I think the the issue also might be the lens in which you're watching this movie. Geo said it best: this movie is a product of its time. They don't make these movies anymore, and I'm not talking about bad science fiction movies because those still get made. Um, yes. But like these sixty million dollar studio jobs, right? Like if you look at this movie. It is directed by Rob Bowman. I don't know if anyone's looked at his filmography yet, but it's not bad. I mean, he did a lot of television. He made the, the X-Files movie, the, something in 1993 called Airborne, and then he made Elektra. So mm. you get a, a movie handed to a fairly inexperienced director. And you put these A-list stars in it, and then you don't give them any CGI like budget. So, I mean, but these movies don't get made anymore because it's either going to be a low, like a super low budget indie film, which the critics adore, or it's going to be a massive effects driven blockbuster with a hundred million or a hundred and fifty million dollar budget instead. So, what about, I, mean, I guess, like the only thing recently in recent memory, the only film I could think of that had uh, a relatively low budget did really well was what Deadpool, $50 million budget. Hmm. Yeah, but I mean, it was also made by a, a big studio. Oh so. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, who who right made this? Right, 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 right. Fucking go back, right? Hmm. Right. What? Ryan Reynolds. What can go wrong? Oh, uh, lots. Uh, um, what about? I've seen um, Blade Trinity. Wow. <laughs> this was a Touchstone, Spyglass, Buena Vista. 
Okay. So no no big big studios were were involved. Well, I, I mean, mean I recognize those names, but it's not like a 20th Century Fox. I mean, Paramount. No, Touchstone I, was like Disney's attempt at like adult oh. movie. So this is Disney. Day. Yeah. I, I I wonder. I, I have to Perfect. just uh, Robert just before you go on I uh, want to bring up Joker as a movie that was 55 to 70 million uh which was in 2019 and made 1.074 billion. Yeah. So uh, but there wasn't a lot of CGI in that film though. That's that that film relied on this the power of its script and the actors. Yeah. 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 And I guess Deadpool kind of does too, but the Deadpool has that kind of CGI superhero thing going on, which I think I think that translates. And fifty million dollars in two thousand fifteen movie money is very different than sixty million in two thousand two. I would have to point this out. I wonder and if, if, in fact, it's a product of its time and the amount of people that you're able to gather for a specific movie, they have the talent. Because if I don't know if you guys seen this uh, South Korean movie called um, uh, Space Sweepers. Yeah. Um, Space Sweepers only cost $21.2 million to make. It is currently on Netflix right now, so you guys can pick it up. And we actually, I, I, we recorded an episode actually even in, in the Blockbusters uh, podcast. Um, this movie is great. And, and the, the sci-fi on it is next level. And it compares to like what it seems to be like nowadays a good sci-fi. I wouldn't be surprised if it's 300 you know, 300,000 million, uh, you know, um, $300 million. And this movie is at par when it comes to sci-fi with a movie that big with only $20 million uh, in profit. I mean, in, in, in cost. Have you guys seen Space Sweepers? Uh, it was, it was on the list of us. Of uh, It was on the list of things for us to watch, but like right after, we had watched like three or four foreign language films in a row. Anthony was just tired of it. Oh, okay. Well, you can oh, pick up this in English. That one. Good. I yeah. No, you said. I uh, know. I, I don't, don't want to watch another. I don't want to watch another one of these. And I said, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you we can go watch through. And the great thing about it is, you can pick a language. You can actually, and, and and this is a test that you could do. You could put the movie in Netflix, change it to Chinese, or Japanese. Or anything and then watch it in English and tell me your experience the way that this story was created it works in a way that it doesn't matter what language you put it on you still understand the story and and I don't want to tell you much about it because I'd, I'd like to to hear your thoughts if you ever watched it uh, after you watch it but what what I like to point out about this movie is the fact that this was done in, in 2021 Koreans, when they make stuff, they go all out. And I am sure that based on that budget, they didn't pay enough the guys responsible to making the CGI for this movie. But the quality that they got on $20 million is the same kind of quality you would get from a 150, 200, $300 million. And, and the reason why I'm pointing that out is on the movie that we're talking about, uh, this movie was in 2002. So obviously, the, 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 the CGI is not to par with 2021, obviously. Uh, but I wonder what part of that also includes 
the people involved in making the quote unquote CGI on this movie. If it has, you know, because sometimes, you know, when you don't get the budget necessary to make a movie, you have to make cuts. So did you hire someone that maybe would cost you less than someone that might be able to do a better job just so I can cut the cost for the, you know, the budget that you got on the movie and this is the result that you got, considering that this is in 2002 where the CGI quality is not as good as what we have now. What is your thought on that? I mean, it's probably accurate. I mean, they, they most definitely made cuts in, this, in the animation department. I mean, production. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely the spot where it is. I mean, Ray pointed out the uh, the the gaffes when it came to um, continuity, you know, and and that's that's production's fault. Like, it's not like yeah, it's on the director because he didn't. It's his vision and he's executing it, but it's production's job to make sure that things like that the director can't deal with get resolved. So, uh, I. It, I, th- I think we're just kind of all dancing around it. Like, it's just the fact that this is kind of a like low budget movie, like in all ways. Um, it kind of, you get two A-list actors. These are just paychecks for these guys. I mean, like there wasn't any, this isn't what, this wasn't award baiting. Um, like they weren't showing this at cans. Uh, it feels I mean? like they owed, they owed the production company a movie. Yeah. So like, like, that, these, are, these are contracts or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. There's no heart in it. Mm. It, it this no, this I, I find this very fascinating. How um, it, you know I I do agree with a lot of the points that were made um, on this discussion, um, and I still find the movie fun enough that I would watch it again. Um, so I find this very fascinating. It I honestly I did not expect this conversation, uh, and how it turned out. And it's great. It's I I love it. I totally love it. I will say that something this movie something this movie taught me, something that this movie showed me that I wanted that I didn't realize I wanted until this point was Alexander Siddig saying wanker more often. (laughs) Like if he had said that at least like once every four episodes in Deep Space Nine, I think that that would have made like we talked like me and Chris talk a lot about TNG and D Space Nine. I like what are our favorite Star Treks, but I think that if Bashir had just said wanker casually, I think that D Space Nine would have won. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that... I'm not saying I'll never watch this movie again, but like I don't have a reason to. Like there's no nostalgic value that it like attaches from my youth with this thing that it, like it didn't blow me away mm-hmm. in such a way that I'm like, oh hey, yeah, you should totally watch this movie that I saw. 20 years ago it's called rain of fire uh especially his most intense performance and he's a dragon slayer yeah like when i I looked up earlier the the sci-fi movies from 2002 um i think i i think there were other christian bale and matthew mcconaughey movies that came out that year uh, let me look it back up. Equilibrium. Oh, yeah. We we oh, such a good movie. We have an episode on that. Great movie. Is this? I believe this is Matthew McConaughey. Let me look this up. 
never mind. No, nope, I'm not sure about a Matthew McConaughey movie, but uh, Equilibrium came out that same year. So if you're, you're going to get nostalgic about a movie from 2002 that not a lot of people have seen, it's not Reign of Fire. It's uh, Kristen Bell. He's in a... Gun Carter is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Gun Carter. There's nothing better than that. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and, and so, uh, why? Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to uh, say, well, if, if you want to get a little more on that discussion, um, just go down our back catalog and we have the equilibrium episode um it it really it was really fun to record good movie yeah, very good here's your uh, two so Matthew what... McConaughey options I'm, I'm sorry ray uh okay. u571 or sahara <laughs> 2000 and I love sahara. sahara was good yeah those are your early 2000s McConaughey action films go watch those don't watch this again <laughs> Now, don't don't let us don't let us discourage you from watching this movie. I am still curious if you've seen it, right? Once, that's all I ask. Reach out to us on Twitter and let me know what you think, because I want to hear your thoughts. Um, and this is something that I that I tell everybody because I see it all the time. You know, just because I hate or I like something doesn't mean you should hate it or love it um so if you watch this movie or when you watch this movie reach out to us on twitter and let me know i'm really curious to see or hear what your thoughts are on this movie and if you like you can call us our uh, you can call us uh and and leave a recording we can put it on f- uh, future episodes uh and, and i know i said this number again but I, I, i'll say it one more time because we just Posted it today, so it's brand new. And it's 1-305-563-6334. And, and give us your thoughts on this movie. Sorry, Ray, go ahead. And, hashtag uh, shameless self-promotion. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hashtag shameless self-promotion. <clears throat> so um, while you guys were discussing that, I was quiet because I was uh, having a little chat with Professor Google um, because I was interested to see who did the special effects for this movie. Uh, being that we've concentrated on what it seemed to be lacking. Um, And I found some interesting things. So um, there's a couple of, uh, um, well, there's an article and a comment thread on Reddit talking about, um, without Raid of Fire, CGI dragons would probably suck. Um, (laughs) So uh, despite our opinions, uh, Vice uh, writer... Uh, Frederick uh, Bilchett was saying that um, uh, there was a lot of good things about the CGI dragons in this movie. And besides the the, the glaring holes in uh, the dragon design, uh, and that was a pun. Literally, um, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, <clears throat> the, um, uh, the actual dragons, the way they looked and the way they moved, um, wasn't that bad. It's just that their quality wasn't what you know would would yeah. really stick in your head and i've got to say that the first time i saw this movie um all i could remember from you know i saw it saw it in 2002 or 2003 maybe on 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 dvd and hadn't seen it again for 20 odd years and all i could remember was um everything was really dark there were dragons they were fighting them they won and that was Matthew McConaughey was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, no, I I, I was surprised again because I'd forgotten that. But 
But Peach uh, Black was black, but was dark. Well, I, I went yeah, to SeaWorld three years ago, and the dragons that I saw there didn't. They, they were they looked a lot better than the dragons I saw in this movie. Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, uh, obviously this the Frederick disagrees with you, and um, you could Google this article if you want. But it's uh, without Rain of Fire, CEO dragons would probably suck. Um, I'm not going to go into the to the detail. I had a had a quick. Uh, uh, swing through this, but basically they're saying that that there was a lot of um, a lot of stuff intro introduced into the way the CGI was done for these dragons, which had a big effect on dragons uh, to come uh, in mm. other movies, which you know may have had more money spent on them, but uh, it was it was groundbreaking for the time, at least in the way they were represented in CGI rather than the quality of them. Uh, and there was a Reddit thread that said, 13 years later, Reign of Fire still holds the title for best CGI dragons ever on screen. Uh, not sure I agree with that. I saw but, How to Train uh, Your Dragon 3, so you can't there, convince me. There is, an opinion, there, is an, there is an opinion there that goes against ours, because, of course, you know, it's the internet, so there's always differing opinions. Uh, but the, uh, the list of uh, special effects houses or, or companies that were involved in this movie are Artem, Design and Construction of the Dead Dragon, uh, Gulthia Special Effects Limited, Realistic FX, uh, Special Effects Motion Control High Speed and Blue Screen Photography as Realistic FX, Team FX Limited, Team FX, and The Secret Lab Special Visual Effects. Now, I have to say that I've never heard of any of them. Me neither. So they can't, they can't be that, those bigger companies and they can't be that well known in the industry, I would think. Now, I could be wrong, but what I what I wanted to bring up as an idea by mentioning all that stuff is that um, when you like, okay, I'm I'm directly thinking about Weta and Lightstorm, uh, not sorry, not Lightstorm, um, the Star Wars one. Uh, Industrial Light and Magic? Industrial yeah. Light Magic, ILM, yes. So when you think about those two special effects houses and the experience that the people working there must have. I mean, um, ILM was created for Star Wars. Um, Weta was created for Lord of the Rings. So one was created for science fantasy, one was created for fantasy. And they're, and obviously one of them has, I know has done dragons, which would be Weta, and the other one. I'm not sure about. I only may have done something to do with dragons, but it's not as well. Uh, what do you, what do you, I mean, a Rancor? Crate Dragon. Crate Dragon. Uh, yeah, yeah they're, dra they're dragon like, yeah. But I, I'm, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm talking about back in their, in their formative days, right? Sure. So I'm thinking about how, how much experience they had when they were doing these things. And obviously, uh, Wetter. We're doing dragons right at the very beginning because of um, Lord of the Rings, uh, but um, you, you kind of look at this and you go, okay, when you have a big um, uh, special effects house that has obviously a lot of talent, because the bigger the house is, the more talent they're going to attract. The more talent they attract, the more business they're going to attract. The business means that they're going to get more experience, and you have all that experience in house. Now I don't know how much churn they have in staff, but I would suspect that, that these places are the places to work. Once you get there, you're not going anywhere else because they're, they're well-known places that get the big jobs uh, and your name will become well-known because you're at the big places, right? So 
I would think that there's big talent in these big places and the knowledge they have and the skills that they have of creating these things would mean that um, that's where the skill is concentrated. And that's where you get the best special effects coming out of because of all these sort of gravitational factors that bring these skills together. So the fact that this movie was done by all these houses you've never heard of before and may or may not exist still um, would suggest that <clears throat> uh, they wouldn't have that sort of knowledge, talent, experience and skill to create the best of you know dragon cgi at the time but still some people think that they did some stuff that was really important for for later renditions of dragons so i wonder on one hand you can get really good stuff out of big places but you can also get um things happening in smaller places that can can you know introduce new things into the the pipeline into the way things are done so uh, it's sort of like a little from column A and a little from column B, but overall, the opinion of the people speaking here is that it, it didn't quite cut the mustard compared to what you may have got from one of the bigger um, special effects houses. I, you know, that that brings a thought. If they are in fact an inno innovator when it comes to dragons, the question is. Can we recall, and I'm thinking, and I, I don't know if you guys maybe can recall, but it, has there been a dragon rendition in any movie, 2002 or prior, that is better than this one? And I'm thinking, and nothing comes to mind. I might be wrong here, but uh, I'm thinking if they are in fact innovators, then that means that any other dragon rendition CGI after 22 would owe it to this movie. Does that make sense? And I'm thinking, uh, I'm sure I, I have a list of sarcastic <laughs> answers, but no, you're right. But uh, I mean, do you guys see, and I might be wrong here. I'm not thinking right. I'm think I'm, I'm, I'm really, really trying to recall a dragon movie. 20, dragon 20, heart. You know, dragon heart. Dragonheart. What year was that? Let me see. 96? Let me see. Looking, looking. 1996. Dungeons and Dragons came out in 2000. Mm -hmm. But the question is, did you, were you guys happy with the CGI? 10. No, I, I Dragonheart, I think, uh, is a classic film. I think it's like yeah, I right. think that most people would consider that good. I don't know how much of that is CGI and how much of that is, I think it's probably practical effects. I haven't seen it in a long time. I, I, but. I think I think all, all the close-up shots are pretty good. It's when you start seeing Draco's body is when it becomes a problem. Um, sure, but I mean, I, I, I'll I'll repeat what I said earlier. I didn't hate the dragon CGI. The only CGI I didn't like is when the tower falls at the end. <laughs> That's the only thing I didn't really like because it's obvious that it's not real. Uh, I, like it, that's what pulls you out. That's where your suspension of disbelief just like fell apart. Yeah. You're yeah. like dystopian future. Dragons <laughs> burned everything and eat ash uh, <laughs> by killing us. Oh, oh, tower CGI. Four out of ten. That's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know where I'm trying to go with this because I know yeah. that they they have been dragons are not CGI, right? And and we sure. all know 
when you have a set, when you have a dragon made that is not CGI, it's always going to look better. Um, well, depending on how they film it, obviously. It should. it should, right? So what I'm trying to recall is what movie, 2002 or before, was full CGI dragon like this movie has been. And, and don't get me wrong, I do love Dragonheart. It's one of my favorite movies. But I don't know hey. if that was, was that practical or, or was that CGI? That's practical. what I don't remember. I'm sure there's some CGI, but like all the close-up shots, because he's sitting there talking and stuff, is, is practical. And I, it can be the best up to that point. It can be a great first effort. It doesn't mean it knocks it out of the park. It doesn't mean it holds up. Um, it, you know, it, 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 I've said a lot of negative things about this movie, but it is art, and it is somebody put a lot of effort into it. Or as much effort as they were allowed to, based on budget and time constraints. Yeah. Um, as a lot of times, unfortunately, art is is restricted by. I'm not saying they did a bad job with what they were given. I'm saying they should have been given more. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And if yeah, and if it was, if it's true that it's groundbreaking and gave us other things, awesome. It doesn't mean that it's great. Yeah. Right. Like you can you can appreciate what came after with when and acknowledge that eh, the first try was mediocre um but i mean what's the different yeah and i don't know cgi dragon versus a cgi any almost any other animal that flies um i don't know if i would know the difference so yeah i mean no, rigging I... and all of that it was just it's the actual model itself is is yeah i know i i agree with that and, and i think i agree i agree with uh, chris's point when he mentioned that there's really nothing nostalgic about this movie, and I agree with that. Um, I do remember having fun watching it the first time that I saw it, back in 2002. Um, it continues to be fun for me to watch. Uh, but to Ray's point, it, it's, it, and I guess a little late answering your question, it, it's not the first movie I think of when I need to rewatch. I do, I will rewatch it. But it's not in the top of the list when I'm picking something to rewatch. Does that answer your question, Ray? Yep. Yep, it does. So, and it looks like we Who lost. Who knew this would be so divisive? <laughs> yeah. But I love it. I, I, this is what I love. And, and, it, and what I, you know, this is actually an example of what I would love to see in the sci-fi community is that it's okay for you to hate a thing, you know? Um, and we can all have a different perspective. Um, there's a lot of things that were said in here that I had never thought of before. Uh, Anthony, you have mentioned a couple of things. Chris, you have mentioned a, a couple of things that I, I'm like, hmm, I never really, honestly, never thought about that since 2002 when I saw this movie. And, and after the conversation, we have a different perspective. It might... It might be that we hate the movie a little bit more. It might be that we love the movie a little bit more. It doesn't matter. The thing is that all opinions are welcome, and it's okay if you dislike. It's your if you it's okay if you like. And this is something that I wish, in the sci-fi community online, would be more as you know. And I don't know if you guys have experiences. Hate it, but hate it with passion. <laughs> but you know, we all grow together. And that's what I'm trying to say. That, that, that we shouldn't attack anyone 
because your value, your points, your your views are different than 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 what theirs is. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. One hundred percent. But that only like I said, if you that only applies, yeah. That does not apply to our podcast. I will (laughs) rip into Chris for having bad opinions. We will attack you. Yeah. No. Please. I think I think we've we've I think we've yet to attack anyone but ourselves. But yeah, sure. Like I said, if you lived in a world full of clones of yourself, it'd be really boring. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty awesome. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) We'll never know, unfortunately. Well, well, you, you you can simulate living in a world of clones by going into a house of mirrors. Off you go. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, I, it actually took me five minutes to find a definitive answer about who did the CGI for Jurassic Park because we were talking about comparing the CGI for this movie and Jurassic Park, and it was ILM, which of course yeah. is one of the people I was one of the groups I was talking about that that is. You know, a gravitational force of special effects. So, the big you know, kahuna. That, that's sort of the other side of the coin, as it were. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, you I, also have Steven Spielberg. Let's just, I mean. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Like, that's it. Yeah, I vision. think the vision, of, the vision of the filmmaker is, is important. Um, if, you, if you don't have a vision that really captures the idea, then it's not going to come out on screen. Doesn't matter how good your actors are, how much budget you've got. So, yeah, hundred percent. Part of the process. It's the only thing you've said that I've agreed with all day. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you've actually deliberately disagreed with me a couple of times. I can kind of see that twinkle behind those are glasses you, of yours. Are you, are you saying that I would be confrontational on purpose for content? Yeah, you're a you're a beta. I know. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> First of all, how dare you? How <laughs> dare you? I dare, young man. I dare. <laughs> awesome. Oh, look, I, I, I don't know, Robert, that you, you sent me a message. I, I don't know that you need my final thoughts because I've kind of laid it out throughout the, the thing, but I'll, I'll just wrap it up by saying um, it's not a particularly memorable movie. Uh, if you're into uh, sort of Pope, post-apocalyptic survival and you know you like dragons and um, fit Matthew McConaughey's, then you're in luck. Uh, but uh, it's not something that you go back and watch for its amazing visuals or its amazing storytelling. Um, it it tells a functional story, and you watch it once, you go, oh yeah, that was all right. Okay, I'm going to go off and watch some Star Wars or Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it looks like we lost Geo. The Lord of Chaos. Mm, snap <laughs> um, I guess you know, and I guess I'll start with Anthony. Um, final thoughts on this movie? Don't watch it. <laughs> Not worth your time. <laughs> there, and I, I say that like I say that there are a billion other things for you to watch that are better than this, and then that might be an unfortunate truth, but it's but it's the truth. Okay, pick something else you haven't seen. With Matthew McConaughey in it. <laughs> I mean, you can you always know, watch the bits with Matthew McConaughey on YouTube. Do that. Yeah, just watch <laughs> compilation videos of Matthew McConaughey on YouTube. No, I, no, no. On honestly, my final thoughts are that this movie is not not worth rewatching. I will never rewatch it. Most likely, uh, I I could lose a bet. Who knows? Um, <laughs> it, whether or not 
the CGI is is groundbreaking for the time. Oh, we lost the sound. Your audio went crazy. It went high and then it went off. Did you unplug your microphone? Nope, can't hear you. Nope, you're gone. Oh, thought. man. The, the internet says we don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you want... a. Uh, I guess we can. Oh, oh, Gio's here! Woohoo! Um, Gio, before you go, because I know you come in and out, you want to give us your final thoughts on the movie? I'm like a penis, you know. <laughs> and this like is why we're explicit. <laughs> hey, I like I, I, at least at least I am like the the good version of the penis of penis because they also say that life is like a penis, large and hard, like. Oh God. And this is why we're explicit people, okay? So. <laughs> yeah. Life life yeah. is like a penis, go hard or go home. <laughs> we're, 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 go hard and go hard. Oh god. <laughs> I had to make use of we being rated R. If we're rated R and that's not even a fuck coming in there the recording, he's like, what are we using it for? <laughs> <laughs> Geo's up and down like the Assyrian bloody empire. <laughs> yeah. How would it be in his <laughs> Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> Thoughts of the movie? Uh, I mean, it's what I say. I, I, you know, you know, Robert, you know my taste. Um, mm-hmm. When it comes to a movie, like if it's a movie that is loaded with content and it's very thought provoking, you know, you're going to have me back at the movie. On cannibal time. I mean, and it doesn't have to be a big name, too. Like, I mean, I, I did uh, Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. That, it, it's crazy. I, I watched that movie also infinite amount of times. So it's about, like, uh, the guy who was saying about storytelling, that's very important, no matter mm-hmm. the movie you do. Because there's, I mean, and I could quote movies that are not sci fi that are, have good storytelling that they will blow you away. And there he goes. He's gone. Speaking of getting blown away. Yeah. <laughs> Ready Player One is one of those movies that has so many Easter eggs in it that you can watch it a hundred times and find something new. But this movie, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But go further. Like, I, I, I'm gonna, let me let me quote uh, like Slumdog Millionaire. It's not sci-fi, but it has a great storytelling. So that movie keeps you hooked, and you you watch it again. So it's a movie like it impacts you. So it's all about the foretelling of like how the history is plotted out. That's what's gonna define how good of a movie it is. Other CGI. I mean, don't go further. You guys like Galactica, probably, all of you. I love Galactica. Robert, Robert tried yep. to get me into watching classic Galactica, and I am very hardwired about CGI's, and I mean, I cannot expect that 1950s and 1960s, they had great CGI. I can tell yeah, you, a lot of people consider the old Galactica to be trash. Um, I love it. The funny, thing, the funny thing is that Robert showed me, actually, a show, I actually watched a show called Caprica that mm-hmm. they canceled. A new show yeah. came out what 2014, 15? I think so. No, no, no. It was, uh, Before, like 2010. And I didn't know what the show was related to. 2010. But I loved the show. And I hated that it was not completed. Then Robert yeah. comes to tell me that Caprica is before Galactica and it's about the uh the people. Yeah. The rise of the Cylons. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Whoa. 
<laughs> well, if you listen to this podcast and you don't know that, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'll take Reign of Fire spoilers all day, but you ruining Caprica for me? You never seen Caprica? Canceled? Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen a little bit of it. Oh, okay, good, good. It's like, it's like 10 episodes. I mean, it's good. Yeah. It's just good. It's good. Oh, my God. Go watch it. That show is very good. And I mean, I could not link up that that had to do with Galactic because I haven't watched that much. And it's really about that race, not about the whole Galactic thing, I think. Yeah. So that's your that's your final thought on this movie. Yeah. <clears throat> final thought on this movie is go watch Caprica. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I mean is like I agree. I agree, hundred percent. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. It's not about what I mean is it's not about CGI completely. You know, the storytelling also is very important. And there you and go. Again. Um. <laughs> Captain Chaos. Season <laughs> Okay, Captain Chaos. Okay, I'm back. You were saying? <laughs> okay. so I was saying that it's just like one of the guys mentioned before. Like, it's not all about CGI too. It's, it's storytelling. Uh, there's movies that had nothing to do with CGI. They have no CGI at all, and they have great storytelling too. So they will keep you watching it back and back. You know? Okay. Okay. So, so I guess we're, we only have a uh, Chris. What are your final thoughts in this movie? Um, not worth the price of subscription. Um, so I, I think it's kind of hard not to echo what everyone else is saying. I think that this movie's biggest problems is the fact that it's a movie that doesn't really do anything. Like there isn't any like message that gets put out that's supposed to like change the way you think of the world because you know, it's just dragons. Like there is some environmentalist like messaging there about how like you know we're the ones who stirred the dragon so we're the ones who destroyed the earth eh, i don't know if it really works it's a stretch um but um it, it this is a movie that you watch once and you're like oh cool that was fun and then 20 years later someone suggests that you watch it for a podcast that's what this movie is <laughs> in the meta sense like it's just it's an obscure film from the early aughts so, yeah. Cool. I will say that uh, I never heard of this film before you suggested it for this. Yeah, never. Exactly. Heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it's, a, it's very obscure, and the only reason why I even suggested it is because it showed up on Hulu, and I was like, I remember watching this movie as a kid. Yeah. You watch it. <laughs> I, I I so I take it me and Chris are the only ones that seen this movie before. No, I've seen it before. Oh, you seen Ray it before? It oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Gio, I saw. It? I think I saw it on DVD. In fact, I think I have the DVD. I got it. Rental. Um, oh, okay. Did you just forget to take it back to Blockbuster? Or... <laughs> <laughs> That's why Netflix canceled his account. Yeah. <laughs> this motherfucker still has Rain of Fire. <laughs> but they didn't want it back. They said keep it. <laughs> we'll give you the next month free if you just keep that movie. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Nice. Okay. So, um, Ray, you give us a flag to go to the next? Yes, sir. Go for it. Star science and sci-fi. So, um, I looked long and hard across this movie. Um, I don't know much about um, three-positional uh, radar systems. 
Um, not quite sure how that would work, so uh, I didn't want to uh, weigh in on that one. But um, what I actually have for you today is an anecdote that was uh, given to me by a lecturer where I used to work at Macquarie University. And um, it went a little bit like this. Um, question everything was his point with this anecdote. And it, it, it links very um, tenuously to uh, our movie today uh, in that uh, it involves dragons. So basically uh, there was a lecturer and I, I, this was secondhand information, so I don't know what his name was, uh, but he was uh, lecturing in biology and in his um, unit on evolution, he would walk into the lecture hall and go down, put his put his um, USB stick into the into the lectern, and he'd bring up the the topic for for this week's um, lecture. And the topic was uh, the etymology and evolution of dragons. And he would start lecturing. And he would he he had slides, he had photos, he had graphs, he had all sorts of shit completely made up. I mean, the, the, the images and stuff were taken from, from artworks and mythology and all this sort of stuff. And he was tying the mythology into the evolution of dragons and, and so forth and so on. And all the kids are there, you know, they're they're in their um Around, around about 20 years of age, you know, this was this was a, a second year unit. And and they're all there writing all this stuff down. And he just kept lecturing. And he I was told that he would do this every year. And most years they'd get to 40 minutes before somebody would ask a question. 40 minutes of bullshit. And then someone would go, um, excuse me, uh, professor, um, is this a joke? You know, is this real? To which he would say, no, it is not. Thank you for pointing that out. And then he would turn off the overhead and he would walk out. And the students would just sit there stunned that someone would have the audacity to speak up against this highly rated professor who had had journals in Nature magazine, uh, Nature, um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the term, specific terms, not a magazine. Uh, Journals? It's a journal. journal. Thank you. Published. Yeah, so Nature, Nature Journal is the big one for biology, right? Or one of the top top tier ones. And if you get into that, you've made it in biology. So this is guy, guy's had multiple um, papers in, in Nature. And he's there lecturing away. And, you know, who would have the audacity to call him out on what he was lecturing? And the whole point of him lecturing about the etymology and evolution of dragons was to tell the kids this. Do not just take whatever you're told at face value. Question everything. Doesn't matter who tells you it, question everything. All right? And that, that is my point for the science behind science fiction this week is don't take anything anybody tells you as truth. All right. Get some other references. Use Professor Google. Don't stick with the first page. Go to page two or page three or page four. Um, look up um, now. There's a website. Um, uh, can't think of the name of it now. But basically, uh, when when these sort of viral rumors get going, 
you can go to this website and, and, and look and see if it, Snoops, that's it, yes, thank you. Um, but yeah, so, so, you know, if you see something that looks a bit dodgy or, or isn't verified by any other sources, check out Snoops and see if it's, um, if it's uh, you know, verified bullshit or verified accurate. Um, but don't just don't just stick with Snoops. Look for other websites as well that that, that uh, give information on this sort of thing. Basically, people make shit up all the time. Even I do. Uh, and don't trust what you're told blindly. Get other references. Look up, you know, peer-reviewed articles. Uh, they're the ones that you know the scientific community have looked at and said, okay, we think that this is accurate for what we know at this time. Okay, because knowledge in science or any other field changes. We only understand what we understand now based on what we've seen before and what we've researched at this point. But that is not all there is to know, and some of it could be quite incorrect. So, a perfect example when my father, who is now dead, when he went to school, the smallest particle of matter was an atom. And 10 years later, the atom was split and nuclear bombs were dropped on Japan. Things change. Our understanding of the universe and our environment changes. We learn new things. And it, and it can markedly change how we understand the world that we live in. So especially if you, if you look at things that are dated, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago, that could very easily have changed in that period of time. So look for the latest information Make sure that it's been peer-reviewed. Um, look for more than one source. Uh, check out snoops and things like that. Just make sure that you're not breathing bullshit, okay? Because you will start to stink. I am. That's, that's my, my message Remember, for um, Science Behind Science Fiction this week. I have a personal uh, um, experience with that as well. Um, when I was at the university... Um, I had a conversation with a professor uh, on one of my classes. And I'm trying to recall how the conversation started. <clears throat> but basically, I had, and it was new. I was new at the university. I went from high school, you know, what, what, you, what your conception of uh, education, high school education is, to um, the university and professors. And this is one of the, not necessarily the first professor that I had, but within the first couple of years of my um, university uh, years. And <clears throat> for me, a professor was a teacher and is their job to teach. Um, and I was a little upset. I can't remember the, the context, uh, but I had a conversation with this professor. And it actually that conversation actually changed my view going forward of everything else, where the professor told me, I am a professor, I am a facilitator of the topic. Just like you, I might have written journals, I might be, have, you know, I might have written books, but just like you, I am human. It is your job to point out when I say something that is not incorrect with research. Because just like you, I am human and I could say something incorrectly. So yeah, I, 
I totally agree. And, and I hope that if someone can take something out of this conversation on, on, on the show is that, you know, research, do your own research. It's actually easy now with Google. Don't take the first article, the first thing you hear online to be truth. So with that, I want to thank from um, the bottom of my heart, the sci-fi <laughs> sci wise guys to be on our show. It was a blast. It's a party. Um, and, and I just hope that we didn't scare you enough that you don't come back. This is the second time you guys are here. And I hope that we can have many, many more in the future. Um, yep. So again, for, a lot of fun. Uh, if you can tell our audience again um, where they can find you. Yes. The Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast. Sorry, Chris. Uh, is found on any podcast streaming platform. Um, if you can't find it on your favorite one, let us know and we will put it on there. You can let us know by hitting us up on Twitter or Instagram at sci-fi wise guys. You can DM us or just add us. Uh, it doesn't matter. We'll reply. Uh, or you can email us directly sci-fi wise guys at gmail.com. Awesome. Um, and come listen to us watch, uh, watch and then talk about B movies. Awesome. Again, thank you so much uh, for all of you for being here and our audience. Thank you so much for being just one more episode with us. Um, I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did here because I think this was a party. And I'll see you, I hope to see you back uh, in future episodes. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs>